Episode 227, and for the millennials listening and wondering what that song was, it's from a television show from the 80s called 227. Google it. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, five four, four, three, three two, 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 one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. All right. Uh, this week we are uh, not alone. Uh, we are joined by, uh, let's see here, Mr. Dan West. Straight out of England and into your ear pussies. He's a motherfucking Jedi. It's Dan West. All right, Dan. Welcome back, man. Bono West AC. I am back and it feels so good. Does it? Does yeah, it? Yeah, it does. Really? Yeah, man. I missed out on talking to Hepner, which I was disappointed with. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> I was, bull fucking shit. I was gonna call you out on that. I was you so- call me out. Well, I was gonna call you out on this episode about that, because it's like, oh, yeah, you hear that? Yeah, it's not Daniel Hepner, so Dan West is here. So, yeah, it's, yeah. Well, I know exactly what you did. Yeah, Dan, 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 a mysterious illness. Ooh, ooh, my tum-tum's not feeling good, Brian. I can't make it for the Hefner episode. It was my throat. I couldn't talk. Do you call, hey, do we call Daniel Hefner episodes Hefnisodes? <laughs> can we do that hey uh dan we, we're okay it's not just the three of us we're also joined by first time guests on the podcast uh from the rock with hop podcast james hop welcome man what's up guys 
Glad to be on the show. Yeah, yeah, glad to have you. So uh don't fuck it up, James. Don't make any weird <laughs> Oh, you have no idea the pressure I'm feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Just like like I'm sure like James has probably got like a list of do's and don'ts for PCL. <laughs> on the don'ts, it's like don't interrupt Brian, and he's got like a little Hepner in quotations next to that one. And then he's also like <laughs> no three hundred references with Wally's name reference next to that one. So anyway. Yeah, I uh well, being it's the last episode before the C2E2, like, two-week kind of break, I was yeah. like, oh, great. Now I'm going to screw up the one episode, and everybody's going to be waiting two weeks for another good one. And <laughs> Wow, you you put a lot of weird thought into it, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm in-depth, man. Yeah, <laughs> you did. You really thought this went through. Don't be nervous. It's just a bunch of fucking guys talking about bullshit. Anyway, uh, yeah, like James said, uh, no new episode next week. We're all going to C2E2. I'm probably, since my foot's fucked up, I've like, <laughs> what I've been doing is like going through like what panels I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to. Cause in the panels, you get to sit down. So it's like, that's, that's, that's what I've been doing is looking at what panels I'm gonna be going on what days. I think Friday though, for me, Jake, is gonna be all about getting a Jim Lee signature. Oh yeah, that's that's going to be a big line, I'm sure. So, uh, what, what do you plan on getting signed, Brian? Oh man, I don't know. Probably, uh, definitely his DC stuff. You know, I've got some great like Justice League covers that I'd love to have him sign. So that's. Mm. I wish I had some Jim Lee statues, but because um, that would be incredible to have him sign. You know, some of those. Yeah, uh, that'd be cool. Some of those. Statues. I might bring my uh, hush slip case up with me for that. Nice, Ooh, nice. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, and, and then they. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, have, do you know if they've set a time for him yet? Because I, I'm, yeah, I would love to catch a signature from him too. I don't know, man. It's going to be one of those things where I'm sure people are going to be, when Artist Alley opens on Friday, because he's only going to be there on Friday, I mean, people yep. are going to make a beeline over there and find out where his table is. And um, people will be camped out before he's even probably at his table with his handlers. So, yeah, it's oh. going to be one of those deals. So that's probably going to be like pretty much half of my Friday is going to be just yeah. waiting for Jim that's, Lee. That's if you're lucky, man. He Sometimes people big like Jim Lee just won't even do the Artist Alley thing. They'll yeah. have like a two to four hour DC boot signing and you'll have to be camped out for that. That's nonsense. true. That's very true. I was thinking like, oh yeah, he might have like a signing at one of those stages or something. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Exactly. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. Can't wait for C2E2. Uh, Dan, you're going to be there. Fly, make it flying over, making the trip. I will be. Yeah, thank God. This time I'm not like in a bed recovering from surgery. So yeah, yep, I am. I'm coming over, and uh, Kat's going to be with me as well. So it's going to be both of us. That's so, awesome. That's you know, awesome. see you guys again, and uh, meet. I think it's about fifty of the army yeah. going as well. Yeah. So yeah, there are lots lots planned and lots of people to see, and oh, it's going to be amazing. If you're listening yeah. to this uh, this podcast and you're going to C2E2 and you're not in the leftover army page that they have on Facebook, um, or you've been or you've been banned from it, um, <laughs> 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 just uh, a lot of us are going to be there. And I think is it Friday that we're all rocking the leftover army shirts? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, there's like a leftover army crest that says leftover army. It's uh, got it's got some uh, Jawas on it from Star Wars. So check that out. Uh, you'll be able to see a bunch of us like uh, at the C2E2 rocking that shirt. So uh, Jake, uh, new episode of Legion coming out on Tuesday. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. The ad campaign for that's been great. 
And uh, we're going to be recording We Are Legion uh, this week. Uh, so I am looking forward to... I'm doing a season one rewatch. And um, I'm in episode three. I'm going to knock it out before um, season two. Man alive, this show's amazing. Like, it, it, like, you know, I've already seen each episode two to three times when I first watched the show. And here I am watching it again. And it's just... It's still so good. It's just so good. Like, the... The one scene that I that I really love and appreciated was like the scene where he's in the kitchen and the plates and the cups and the the cutlery and everything's flying all over the place in slow motion. Yeah, and he amazing special effects for TV. Not special effects. That was a practical effect. Uh, explains why it looks so good. Exactly. It, they 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 filmed. You know, of course, like the explosion, then they caught it and like, you know, they slowed down the frames per second and everything. And then they kind of inserted Dan Stevens into it. So there is a little bit of special effects, but it's mostly practical effects. I was kind of, I was blown away by that. It's just the show is so fucking incredible. So I cannot wait. So yeah, uh, uh, subscribe to We Are Legion. It's going to be me and Jake and then uh, Kova and Steve from Scenic Cast uh, recapping each and every episode. What is uh, season one? What's season one available on Hulu? Okay, yeah, it's all on Hulu. Is Westworld on Hulu? They've been uh, plugging Westworld on Hulu. So I got to do I got to do another rewatch of season one for Sweet Sweetwater Saloon coming up. I thought it was only on the HBO Go and the HBO Now. But, yeah, um, they, they, you might have to. Well, they they they've been hyping it on hulu i didn't know if it was like you had to have the hbo subscription through your hulu because hulu also has the showtime add-on you know so uh, i bet you're right yeah i didn't know if they because i know how uh, was it amazon has some hbo stuff that you can just watch right then and there without having an hbo subscription so it wouldn't know. be a bad business move by hbo to just let hulu play westworld season one to get more hbo subscriptions to yeah. season two though so you yeah. never know absolutely yeah. I, did you guys watch the trailer? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Holy fuck. No, I haven't seen it. You haven't seen the full-length trailer? Oh. <laughs> no. Oh, my God, Dan. Yeah. It's 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 incredible, man. It's like uh, the – dude, they're – fuck it. I, it's not, I didn't have this plan for my good pop, bad pop, but they show the first scenes from Shogun World. And it's just – Oh, shit. Yeah. So, man, I, I think what's going to happen here is – <laughs> the cowboy robots are going to meet with the Shogun robots to talk about combining their forces to take on the human beings. Oh, wow. I, think, about, think about that, man. How fucking cool is that? That's going to be fucking cool. I'm telling Jesus. you, man. It's just the, the, the trailer was just like imagery, 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 Dolores, more conversations, uh, a blast from the past where we get to see another shot of uh, William. You know, and it's like, is that really William or is that like the the human that William was based on? Are we all are we looking at Dolores or because we see like Dolores in like the real world, it looks like. And, and, and dude, there's so much going on in this trailer. It's unreal. It looks Jesus, so good. When does that air then? When's the first episode of that? April 22nd. Oh, my God. So much crazy shit coming out. Yeah. Yeah. I it's like I this is Westworld is an event for me. Like for me, like. Jake, it's it's probably the way you felt about Lost. That's how I feel yeah, about yeah. Westworld. Westworld is just like, um, you know, there's been some great shows that have come out already early this year. Like I, I 
I made like a little meme on Twitter and Facebook that said, you know, counterpart Waco and Sneaky Pete have been great this year. And then I threw up the Westworld season two poster and it put and put hold my beer. Because, like, <laughs> Westworld Season 2 is going to, in my opinion, just, like, dominate. You had um, uh, the actress, uh, Evan Rachel Wood, that played Dolores in the first season. She basically broke down the first season and said, like, the entire first season is an origin story, a prologue to what is the real story. And the real story starts in Season 2. So wow. that So... Like, we don't even, like, the whole story? Man, we don't even know what the fuck the real story is yet. Like, we haven't even gotten there yet. Like, that first season was just, like, origin story. That's just, you know, I, I was just like, oh my god, this is, this is gonna be incredible. So I cannot wait to watch that first episode. Reddit's gonna blow up again with, like, predictions <laughs> and theories, and it's, it's gonna be so much fun. So, yeah, Legion and, Legion season two and Westworld season two. Amazing, I can't wait. So yeah, season twos are big for shows too. You know, yeah. it's like it's it's time to step up. You know, it's either going to keep on rolling the snowball down the hill, or we're going to be going. Oh, yeah, there there went our favorite show. That's the thing. It's like usually if a show does well, it gets a second season. You know, especially like with HBO. HBO is then willing to give them more of a budget too. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So it's yeah. like you know we saw you know we've seen like shows like with like Game of Thrones comes out with a modest budget, but like subsequent like later seasons just they just the the budget just blew up for that show so yeah. walking dead could learn from that lesson hey. right no <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem that's the problem is the walking De- that's the thing amc is doing basically what i hate this i hate to compare it to planet of the apes the original films but like it seems like they are increasing the budget but it really does feel like <sighs> That the AMC thinks that the only thing that they have on the network is The Walking Dead. So with nothing else thriving there, that they won't really increase the budget. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you got to think that yeah. like the, car, the cast that have been on for so long, you know, they're they're probably going to be getting paid a shitload more money than what they were, considering like how well the series has done. Ah, that's when you so, just great point. That's when you just kill Carl, right? <laughs> <laughs> Right? Yeah. We ain't paying for college anymore, son. Dude, I was so, dude, I was so pissed off at that. I spoilers. I was so pissed off at that fucking shit. Spoilers. Yeah. What? Carl dies? I was so pissed off, man. Like, uh, Gimple promised him and his dad like three more seasons. Really? Yeah, the kid's still alive in the fucking comic. Come on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly thought that it was, it, would have been his choice because I know that he's been doing other work. So yeah. I thought he might kind of oh, no. he might have done it himself. No, 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 no. He's trying to get a lot of other work. He's not getting the work that he wanted. I mean, he he auditioned for the role of Han Solo. Of course, naturally he got turned down. He auditioned for the role of Spider Man for Homecoming. Naturally, he got you know turned down for like you know Spider Man, of course, like Civil War or whatever. But um, yeah, yeah. I just saw that he was like he's one of the main characters in like a World War Two like. <laughs> series that's uh, out over here yeah well, i figured that he was starting to kind of break into more more work so he might want to take a break since it's been the last what 10 years of his life yeah yeah but i mean 
shows like that don't come around every day. You got to ride that gravy train, man. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> you know? Yeah, if they're not willing to kill you off, you want to stay on as long as possible. Yeah, that's it. Norman Reedus is not going fucking anywhere. Oh, he knows no. how good he's got it. Oh my god, they give him his own little fucking travel show where he rides around on a goddamn motorcycle. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's him and fucking um, oh god, Negan, yeah. the guy that plays Negan. Yeah. Yeah, it's those two guys going around, yeah. like in the second series. Hey guys, this yeah. week we're in Asheville, North Carolina, eating pulled pork sandwiches. You know, it's like, okay, <laughs> all right, that's great, guys. Man, must... <laughs> oh anyway. man, yeah, we got off on a tangent there. Yeah, fuck it, who cares? Nobody listens to this shit anyway. Listenership's down anyway. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> don't give a shit. Uh, let's see here, guys. It's time for iTunes reviews. iTunes reviews for this week. Uh, first one comes from uh, my balls are itchy, and uh, <laughs> you don't hear that like on you know you don't hear you don't hear that on any other fucking podcast. You know what I mean? It's not like you're like you're, like, you're listening to uh, like well what's a good like NPR? What, what's another good one? Like serial podcast? What what, what you, know, you know what I mean? You know, oh yeah, we got a iTunes review here. My balls are itchy. <laughs> anyway, it's titled Awesome. And uh, goes on to say, gotta say, this show is great, funny, informative, fun cast of entertaining hosts and guests. It's a must listen. So, yeah, I hope you get that shit taken care of, man. Yeah, jeez. Get some lotion or something. You ever get, like, (laughs) the worst worst thing about, okay, here's the thing. Here's the the worst about, like, when guys, when when we have itchy balls, you ever get itchy balls when you're in the movie theater? And it's one of those things and you got, like, two people, like, right next to you on either side? Oh, yeah. That's yeah, dude, of, why do you think I hate long movies? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, it's one of those things where, like, okay, everybody, you know everybody's watching the screen, right? So everybody's eyes are fixated on the screen. But at the same time, you've got, like, this light hitting you from the screen. So it's almost like a spotlight on you, but you know everybody's watching the spotlight. So it's like, <laughs> is are people paying attention to my hand, you know, Going down there and like just going nuts on my fucking scrot and my dick as I'm trying to. No, dude, I, I think you're free to go, dude. I think it's open rain. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, think but as soon as especially if the movie's good enough. Yeah, but as soon as you do that, you know there's going to be some bright white screen pop up and it's just going to oh, light yeah. up the whole theater. Yeah. Yeah. Do you always yeah. feel weird like when you go to a movie theater and you're watching a movie and then there's like a, a really weird sex scene? Like in the, in the, you know, and you're surrounded with other people. It's just kind of, it's kind of weird. Like it's almost like, you know, like, I don't know. It's not as bad as like when you're doing like with your parents or something like that. Cause I'm sitting with my dad watching something like some weird sex scene comes up and you know, like, you know, I don't know. It's kind of an awkward yeah. moment. But awkward. like, yeah, here are complete strangers complete strangers and we're all watching you know like mr gray like tie this no that's expected those people knew what they were getting in for but any other movie where you didn't know that there's going to be an awkward sex scene it is kind of an awkward moment between you and the other moviegoers that day you know what i mean i think it's i think it's only really awkward if that's when they see out of their peripheral vision that then you're reaching down to your balls (laughs) oh fuck yeah that's when it gets awkward (laughs) that's when it's like yeah you know that's when i own it 
<laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. even ashamed yeah. of just going no. for it. Yeah. <laughs> just go to yeah. town at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love those awkward cinema moments. That's kind of one of my favorite things about going to the movie theater is when you get any kind of just weird group reaction to something very awkward in any way whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about uh, what about like a guy in front of you farts or something? Like you big fan of that? Mm, not a fan of that. No. no, no. I mean, I mean something awkward from the movie. From the movie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need it. I don't need it. Yeah. Because uh, I, I, I have been stuck in the theater when somebody like drops ass or something. And it's usually the silent deadly <laughs> one, so you don't know who did it. Oh, oh. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's see here. What's uh, yeah? We got more. Uh, <laughs> Oh, that was a five star from uh, my balls, Richie. Um, next one is from Darth Urahara, and it's titled "Amazing." My first podcast. Uh, I had never listened to podcasts before. I was searching for people talking about Infinity War when I stumbled across this show. I was immediately attracted from the opening PSA with over amounts of profanity. Please fuck off. I was laughing. I have now listened to multiple episodes going back over weeks. I absolutely love this podcast, and this has opened me up to other podcasts. So thank you. You guys have filled my days at work with laughs and have even found myself agreeing with a lot of what you guys say and sometimes arguing with you, even though you can't hear me. Keep up the good work. <laughs> that's, you know, that's, uh, that, uh, you know, I like that one. I like that one a lot. You know, uh, you know what I like about that one is it's like he, he comes out and he says in there, like, you know, I agree sometimes and I laugh. But sometimes I disagree with you. But you know what? He's not a cunt that reaches out to me on Twitter. <laughs> I knew where this was going. He's not a cunt that reaches out to me on Twitter. Some asshole that I've never heard from in my entire life. And the only reason that you reach out to me is to tell me the fucking shit that you disagree with me about on Twitter. That's our first fucking interaction. How do you think that's going to go, asshole? I mean, think about that for a second. Right? <laughs> like sandpaper, basically. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, where do you think that's gonna go? Like, me and you are gonna have a little talk? We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna chat about this? No, fuck you, you're getting blocked. Fuck you, I'm done. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm in a terrible mood today, sorry. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, so. man. Alright, got one more here. And, uh, let's see here. Oh, Jesus Christ, sorry. You guys can't hear these noises my computer's making, but I can. Um, this one's from uh, Psychopathic. It's titled Great Podcast. This one's littered with, like, before I read it, and you'll understand when I, when I read it, this one's littered with, like, compliments, and then, like, kind of like, uh, did you guys ever watch The Pickup? Jake, did you ever watch, or James, did you ever watch The Pickup Artist? Not not the Robert Downey Jr. movie, but, like, the reality show with that with that douchebag mystery that used to go around teaching, like, dorks how to hit on women? Yes, uh, I know what you're talking about. You, you know what I'm talking about, Jake? Yeah, yeah. Remember when he had, like, the whole, like, he'd do the, he'd say, what what you got to do is you got to, you got to, you got to compliment them, but then you got to neg them, and you got to give them, like, a negative comment as well. Yes. You know, and once, you know, because then they don't put themselves on a pedestal and all this shit, you got to, you got to throw some negs at them. So he had, like, he even called them negs, you know, <laughs> he's that cool, he's that guy, whatever, dude, you're fucking 40 wearing goggles and a fucking gigantic <laughs> sombrero or whatever the fuck you're wearing on your head. You look like a douche. 
<laughs> this is an amazing prelude. I'm very excited for this iTunes review. Well, this guy yeah, better live up to it. <laughs> uh, he's like the he's like mystery in that show. This pickup artist, where like he gives us compliments, but then he knocks us down a fucking peg. You know what I mean? But yeah, I don't know if he like wants us to like him or fuck him. I don't know. But anyway, here we go. Um, it's from Psychopathic. It's titled "Great Podcast." It is a five star. Uh, these guys are great to listen to when all the better podcasts have been played while driving to work Monday through Wednesday. Whoa. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they really help. I, I like it. <laughs> they really help. <laughs> they really help out my Thursday and Friday commute with their extremely intriguing good pop, bad pop section. Uh, also keeping me in tune with all. So there's our first negative comment. It's like it's negative, but it's positive because it starts off great podcast, right? And then it's like, oh, these guys are great to listen to on Thursday and Friday after I finish the better podcast. <laughs> 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 all right. All right. I see what you're doing here, mystery. All right. Let's see. It goes on. Uh, um, also keeps me in tune with all the news of the different movie franchises. Well-rounded podcast and the extreme length of the podcast makes it even better listening to the main host berate all of his guests. Like 300 obscure reference? Seriously? Anyway, listen to this podcast. It's good enough. <laughs> it's good enough to mindlessly listen to while stuck in traffic. <laughs> and the whole, man that might be my favorite fucking review ever right there and it, it ends with great podcast love it keep it up so now 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 does my little speech before i read it make any sense oh yeah oh yeah 100 yeah, percent. perfect <laughs> yep yeah. and clearly from jake's reaction we know that he's gonna fuck jake <laughs> yeah oh yeah 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 he's definitely yeah, taking, he's in he's taking jake home to bone town that's happening <laughs> yeah jake is like <laughs> jake oh is, man <laughs> i love that someone's defending the 300 reference no he did he he said yeah he's like basically calling us losers for um for uh, acting like that was such a shitty reference. He goes, uh, eh, that's not what I heard. He, well-rounded podcast. No, read it again. Read it again. That's what I'm trying to do. Uh, well-rounded podcast and the extreme length of the podcast makes it even better listening to the main host berate all of his guests. Like 300 obscure reference, question mark? Seriously, question mark? Yeah, he's saying seriously? We thought that was obscure? Mm. Yeah, that's how I, yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, shit. I don't know. Okay. Fuck you, guy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I'm surprised it just took that to say fuck you to this guy, but that's a great Oh, no. I I said fuck you. I literally, like, literally the first time I was reading it, I was saying fuck you from, like, the, like, the first get-go sentence. I was just like, (laughs) ah, fuck this guy. Yeah, oh man! Good. What was this guy's name? Like Darth Star Trek character? Darth Urahara. Okay, not Ahura. I feel like I feel like this guy's gonna be like coming back on and updating how many stars he gave oh, you, and like keep going shit. back and forth. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like, give a shit. Knock it down to four. Like knock guys. it down to two. Knock it down to one. I don't give a fuck what you do. Yeah, but then then he'll compliment again and knock it back up to a five, and then. That's I kind of like his review. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just gonna be. I'm gonna act like that girl that doesn't care anymore. I've moved on. I've I've moved on, Darth. Whatever the fuck, uh, duh, whatever. I don't know what your name is. <laughs> <sighs> Let's see here. Ah, uh, we got we got some stuff to cover this week. I, I do have a question for you guys, though, Dan. I don't know how much you're gonna be able to contribute to this question 
because your programming might be a little bit different over there. But I got Jake and I got James. I'm going to ask you guys. And Dan, you might be able to help. I don't know. Um, what game show host do you think is like the best like lover, like best like fucking, just like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and then also on the flip side, though, I want to know like who you think is like the worst as far as like you know their sexual prowess. Hmm, that's interesting. Of all time, it, what, like, can I? You want? I, if, yeah, if you want to go back to the 1940s, Jake, to throw out some obscure <laughs> host that nobody's ever heard of. No, I don't think it'd be anyone anyone heard of. But like, some of these people may have lost their game now. Like the first, like people I think of well, is let, like Richard Dawson. Well, let's let seems like let's try to remember him in their prime, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I'm not talking about. You know, Viagra dropping Dawson these days, okay? You know, I'm talking about like, you know, uh, kissing every woman on the program back then days. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, let's, okay, let, let me rephrase the question. Jake, Jake needs, Jake needs the rules. Uh, yeah, which game show host in their prime was the best in bed? <laughs> And which one was the worst in bed? Are you, is, are you better, Jake? Are you good to go now? Yeah, All right. I'm good. You know who I think is really bad in bed, probably? Who? Chuck Woolery. Oh, no. Do you think he does it in two and two? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's, he's in and out. Yeah. He, he, I'll be back in two and two and like he's done. Like he didn't even, he didn't even finish that sentence. It wasn't even two and two. You know, what I, think? I think, you know, who I think is like really submissive, like probably like takes a dildo in the ass any anything she wants. And he calls her like milady and shit like that. It's Alex Trebek. Like he, you know, he's, he's God when he hold those cards. But like in the bedroom, like all cards are on the ground. Like they mean nothing. <laughs> and, and he just gets ordered around like he's wearing he's like he's the one in like the leather outfits and shit with like the assless chaps and all that, you know? Yeah, the whip. Yeah. You know, I, you know, okay. I think Pat Sajak is probably like a sexual deviant on the other hand. Like, like really gross too. You know what I mean? Like we don't, you don't want to check Pat Sajak's like, you know, web browser. Like it's creepy, right? You don't, you don't even want to <laughs> touch his computer, you know? Where do you get, where do you get that vibe from? I don't know. Pat? He just, I just feel like that. Like he, for crying out loud, the man had to work around Vanna White for all those years and then go home to his wife. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about like a newer one? What about like I mean Howie Mandel's got the whole like anti what is it? The the germ thing. Cut, the germ thing, yeah. Yeah. I, can you imagine him just like, you know, slathering a woman with like antiseptic and shit? And then, oh God. then just the full body condom yeah. from like the naked yeah. gun movies. He's like, she, she, he throws her to a tub of Purell and they start fucking I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. I think it's, I think Steve Harvey would be into like like food. Like he would incorporate like food. And I'm not talking like sexy food, like whipped cream and like chocolate and like, you know, raspberries. I'm talking like, a like turkey leg or something. Turkey leg. I'm talking like fucking like, you know, uh, uh chicken wings. Uh, you know, just gross shit that you do not want incorporated. <laughs> You know, and, he, and hold on, hold on, hold on. He calls it the he calls it the he calls it the three F's: uh, food, fucking, and fedoras. Because he's always wearing a goddamn fedora. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
man. Oh, man. This is interesting. I'm trying to think of any other ones. Yeah. I'm sure but, Bob Barker might have been kind of creepy. Oh, God. Bob Barker. Yeah, I don't even know what he'd be into. <laughs> I kind of think Drew Carey would be pretty bad, too, though. Yeah. Oh, Drew Carey, yes. Dude, I, I read, like, some Drew Carey uh, books and shit like that. He he used to go to Mardi Gras and party all the time. Oh, my God. He's got some stories, I'm really? sure. Oh, yeah. Huh, yeah, yeah. He, cool. He's got some – his <laughs> books are actually kind of hilarious. I don't know. I, 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 I love Drew Carey, but I do feel like – once, like, somebody goes to, like, one of these game shows, they just they just go there to die, right? It's like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely... It, it definitely happens. Yeah. Keep a pay- paycheck coming in, at least. <laughs> I feel like once he took that job, he aged immediately, like, 15 years. Like, once they handed him, like, that long, slim mic, you know? Like, he just... He just... They added 15 years to his life. I don't know. The Grim Reaper is yeah. just, like slowly sucking the life out of these hosts. It probably anyway. makes them lazy and complacent, you know? It's such a permanent gig and it's yeah. just like, okay, I could just chill and do this now and put food on the table. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Alright, guys, let's uh, let's move on into uh, Good Pop, Bad Pop. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice <laughs> that transition. That's a weird question. <laughs> I thought, hey! Yeah. Yeah, we didn't get Dan's, Dan's opinion there. Well, Dan, yeah, that, that caught me off guard. <laughs> I don't know if Dan... Uh, Dan watched a lot of the American uh, game show hosts. No, no, not really. But yeah. I did like the way that you guys kind of, uh, you basically listed most people as crap in bed. And like, you didn't really come up with any good examples of anyone that was good in bed. Mm. Yeah. I think yeah, if you're good either- in bed, you're not a game show host. <laughs> I think I, even though Pat Sajak is a sexual deviant, I think that he's probably... Just, I mean, just spreading orgasms like all over. Like he is, <laughs> they call him the Say Jackhammer. Is like that was his nickname <laughs> for years. So oh, yeah. yeah, he's just that, that's just, terrible. This guy, this guy, <laughs> Pat Sajak just has a raging heart on like twenty four seven. Can't. I can't believe no one mentioned Steve Harvey. I did. Did. Brian oh, did. did you? Oh, I didn't yeah, hear. he likes thin corporate Yeah, we were food. talking about the turkey legs. Yeah. Oh, that was... <laughs> he likes food in bed. <laughs> okay, okay. So, so good, but more like food deviancy. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. I just have a feeling like he, I don't know, like, just gr- gross, like, oatmeal, like, plain oatmeal, too, you know? like. <laughs> and he's, like, he, it's like sucking oatmeal off a woman's toes, you know what I mean? Shit like that. Yeah. Oh. Like, chicken wings, like saucy ones. I, yeah, I did. I mentioned chicken wings, man. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. chicken wings are definitely in his top five for fun time in bed. So. <laughs> but he stops every time he gets anything in his mustache to make sure it's clean. Wow. Well, again, you put a little too much thought into this. <laughs> All right, guys. It is now time for good pop, bad pop. For more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. All right, Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. I got a few things I want to talk about 
about. Uh, they're actually, I, I think they're going to be pretty quick. I don't think I'm going to spend too much time on these. Uh, the first thing I watched was Barry on HBO. Did anybody else watch this? Yeah, I, I saw it. You did. Okay, perfect. Did you, James? No, I didn't get a chance to. Okay, Dan. Nope. Okay, uh, a hitman from the Midwest moves to Los Angeles and gets caught up in the city's theater art scene. <laughs> of course, naturally, <laughs> as one would. It, this sentence just seems so weird to me. Um, it's created by Alec Berg uh, and Bill Hader. Alec Berg is best known for his work on Curb Your Enthusiasm in Silicon Valley. Uh, this show stars Bill Hader, Sarah Goldberg, Stephen Root, and Henry Winkler. Oh, my God. I was so happy to see him in this series. Um, this is Bill Hader's directorial debut as well. Jake, what did you think? Yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised by this. I'm, I'm going to give it like a, a middle taste it. I, I'll definitely watch more. I love Bill Hader. I, I thought it kind of had a slow start, but I thought the second half really paid off, and it made me want to see the next episode. Uh, I'm going to give it a high taste. I, re- I really enjoyed this. And I Did you watch like the uh, little special special feature that they had at the end? No, I did not. Oh, it it wasn't a lot. I mean, it was maybe like two to three minutes of like Alec Berg and Bill Hader talking about this character and like what they were saying, like really hit home to me that, um, oh God, I'm trying to remember how they, how they, uh, how they worked it, but, um, how this guy is, he is so detached emotionally and, uh, as a hitman and, for the first time, like he's starting to since coming back from like the war and being like a killing machine, he's starting to to express his emotions and 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 figure out who he is um, as an actor. And um, I don't know, man. I I love I loved it. Just the fact that this hitman gets caught up in this this in in in, in the dream to become an actor and thinks that it's something that he wants to do. I thought it was a fun story. And I mean, I think it can really only go up from here. I really enjoyed it. So yeah, yeah, it was good. I I think so far the premise is a little bit better than the execution. And I'm. But I'm hoping that that's just a first episode thing. Mm-hmm. That like the second yeah. episode really ramps it up. I don't. It's just, it's got so many things going for it that I really like. I love Bill Hader. I, I'm a huge fan of Stephen Root since like Office Space, and of course like you know his voice work that he did on King of the Hill and Henry Winkler. I mean, oh my, Arrested Development for me all the way. I love him. So having him in this series. And then Sarah Goldberg. Oh my God. She's just adorable. That, uh, the blonde in the show. Yes. She's just, yes. she's, she's such a charming character, uh, that she plays. And I, I, I really, oh, I had a lot of fun with this and I, I can't wait. And the episodes are, I mean, only 30 minutes. Uh, they're easy to burn through. So I don't know. Man. I uh, loved the music in this TV show though. It had a real like synthy like eighties music mm-hmm. vibe going to it, and it really helped set the mood and like as more than just kind of a, a slapstick comedy, which yeah. it's not at all. It's a very black show. Oh yeah, absolutely. Or, you know, dark, very dark, very dark comedy, black comedy, and um, I, man, yeah, because like the first scene in the in the, in the in the show, I had no idea what it was about, and the first scene in the in the show is like he's walking out of a room and a guy's got a bullet hole in his head. And I'm yeah. just like, what is going on here? I thought this was a comedy. This is Bill Hader. And um, that's what I love. I'm glad to see some like Saturday Night, Alive, Saturday Night Live alumni get some really good shows and do be able to do something like this. And I feel like, you know, Will Forte uh, doing Last Man on Earth. Dan, you're a big fan of that show. 
Oh, I mean, yeah, it's so damn good. There's nothing else really like it on TV. And I feel like that's what we're getting with Barry on HBO. This isn't like your standard, like, you know, like, uh, comedy on NBC or CBS where it's a family and like somebody does something silly and oh, what did Johnny do this week? You know, it's like, this is like, this is some serious shit. Like I love, there's a fucking Agreed. virus that like killed off humanity in, in the last man on earth. And here we're de- dealing with a hitman that's, that's wanting to put that old life aside, but it's going to be problematic for him to, to get rid of his past and to move forward and to even like aspire to like become this actor that he wants to be. I think that there's a lot of fun and a lot of dark comedy to be told here. And, um, Oh yeah. The potential is to the roof. I I agree with that. Yeah. But it's, it's a pilot Jake. And I agree. Like it's like, you know, we'll see where it goes, but I, you know, as far as like my enjoyment and like my anticipation, I, I can't wait to see, um, what else, uh, this show has in store. Uh, real quick, I also wanted to talk about Ponyo. I went to see Ponyo uh, for Ghibli nice. Fest 2018. It started this month, and so I went to see Ponyo for the first time. And um, this is one that I could have watched on Stars, but I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to wait to see if they have it for Ghibli Fest. I'll see it. In, I'll see it there. And uh, oh my god, I love this movie. I I'm so glad it wasn't my first um Ghibli Fest movie cuz I think like the concepts in this one are so out there Jake. Like this is probably the one I'm least familiar with. I've seen it, but it's man, it's been a long time. Okay, here's the here's the synopsis. The son of a sailor, 5-year-old Sasuke, lives a quiet life in an oceanside cliff. With on an oceanside cliff with his mother Lisa. One fateful day, he finds a beautiful goldfish trapped in a bottle on the beach, and upon rescuing her, names her Ponyo. But she is no ordinary goldfish, the daughter of a masterful wizard and a sea goddess. Ponyo uses her magic, her father's magic, to transform herself into a young girl and quickly falls in love with Suzuki. But the use of such powerful sorcery causes a dangerous imbalance in the world. As the moon steadily draws nearer to the earth and Ponyo's father sends the ocean's mighty waves to find his daughter, the two children embark on an adventure of a lifetime to save the world and fulfill Ponyo's dreams of becoming human. And man, it is... What an adventure. I I, I love... So that's the thing. I want to watch all these uh, Miyazaki films, Jake. But like... yeah. Their Ghibli Fest just makes it so that it's like I can go to the theater and see them for the first time on the big screen, and it's like yeah, it's it's worth doing that. Yeah, it, it really is. And I'm uh, what is the what's next month? I think it's the is it the, the Cat Returns or something? Is the name is the next is next month's April? Did you, can I ask a question? Yeah, did you see the dub? Uh, I saw the sub. The, okay, the okay. dub, the dub was the first night, and the, I, I couldn't make it to that one, so I did see the sub. But it, it, it's still enjoyable. There's a lot of visuals that you can just watch. Like I, I just get a kick out of like the mother driving erratically away, trying to outrace like these waves, and like Ponyo like running on the waves, like, and then like her father, this ma- like this sorcerer who's just like this guy with long hair and a suit who can just like breathe in the water. It was so weird. I'm like. There's no rules in, in, in Miyazaki's mind and in his worlds. And it, and I'm glad that I didn't watch this one first. I'm glad that like Spirited Away and Princess Mononoke and My Neighbor Totoro were like were my first. Okay. I'm glad yeah, that I those saw are this. better gateway drugs. I agree with that. Well, I feel like this, like 
as far as like it took me it took me a good like half an hour to like get my bearings in spirited away and i'm not saying like get my bearings like oh i get it now you know like i would literally would have to drop lsd in the theater to understand what the fuck was actually going on but it literally just it took me about 30 minutes to realize like there are no rules here like stuff just happens and you just got to go with it and have fun and be along for the ride like this guy's imagination is just like it's out there and you just got to fucking like and you got to just you just got to watch this and just it's it's a it's visually stimulating and it's i don't know there's nothing else like this it's so good i loved this movie it's a tupperware all the way it's fantastic so it's awesome have you seen a mizaki movie that you have in tupperware no i don't i don't uh -uh. think that exists I don't. I mean, I don't think so. I mean, uh, the first Miyazaki film that I watched that I didn't even I watched it didn't even know it was a Miyazaki film was the, the Secret World of Arietti. I watched it okay. years ago, but I actually just watched it a couple weeks ago. I love that movie. I mean, it reminds. I grew up on the Littles, and I loved that. And this, this was just like a actually a better version of the Littles. So, but um, I, I love that movie, and uh, Ponyo is fantastic. It's. It's so good. Like, you know, people love Finding Nemo and this is, this is like Japan's version of Finding Nemo, but it's, it's just crazy. And it's yeah. crazy amazing. So, um, Oof. yeah. I wish American stuff was hand drawn still. I wish we could just get freaking something. Mm. I'm just glad that we've got new studios coming out. Like, uh, the studio that did, um, you know, Mary and the Witch's Flower. Like, you know, like Miyazaki's not going to be around forever, and I know he's he yeah. came out of retirement and he's doing new stuff now, but he's not going to be around forever. And uh, I'm just glad that we got new studios, you know, and people that have learned from this guy. Uh, Mary and the Witch's Flower is it, it's a really good, and so when it's and when that's available for like video on demand or able to when you're able to purchase that one, I highly recommend it. So it's in the same vein and the same spirit. So all right, I got one more thing, but I'm gonna let one of you guys uh, go for it. Yeah, I I got nothing this week except the feature. Okay, um, James, you got anything? Yeah, I got a few. If that's all right. <laughs> um, this week, uh, Dark Knight's Metal rounded up for comics. The uh, sixth issue came out, um, and it's it's been a big DC event. Um, if you read comics, I'm sure you, everybody's heard of it. But uh, yeah, so it's I uh, finished it up and. I mean, I, I give it a Tupperware as a whole. It's just an insane story, and, you know, Snyder lives up to his writing like usual, and, you know, Greg Capullo's drawing in this is just amazing. And, you know, you get to see so many, like, characters that are already um, pretty consistently having, you know, biweekly issues or whatever coming out. And then they throw, they're throwing in all these new characters that are getting ready to come out after this ended. And, um, yeah, it, it, it was just, I really loved it. And I definitely recommend people get it. I mean, I think you can get away with just reading the six issues, but there's also, uh, gosh, yeah, they love, 10 they love, one shots. They love the tie-ins. Yeah. <laughs> there's like eight tie-ins and then a bunch of one shots of each individual character, like bad evil Batman character. And, um, you know, I, and actually a lot of the tie-ins, 
and the or the one shots were really really good too just as individual stories and stuff so yeah i highly recommend it those uh the capullo covers for dark knight metal are ama- are amazing like the oh yeah was it number six that had like a joker dragon on the front yeah, see, and the cool thing about that was yeah. I uh, went to the Cincinnati Comic Expo in September last year, yeah. and those two had ended up doing, like, a surprise panel. And so it was just Snyder and Capullo, and it wasn't really set up, so they just kind of let everybody just ask questions because they didn't really set anything up with it. And funny enough, like, Snyder just kept, like, spoiling stuff, and, like, <laughs> Capullo's, like, getting pissed. <laughs> He's like, gosh, man, you need to keep your mouth shut. And I like, he talked about the Joker dragon at that in September. And I was like, uh, he just, he's like, you guys will see Batman riding a Joker dragon. How many? I was like, what? (laughs) How many, uh, how many assholes out there are already planning, uh, their Joker dragon tattoo? And how many, how many of those assholes are talking about how it's going to wrap around their body? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Probably a lot. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's great. All the covers are great. They did the foil covers on them, so they look amazing. Um, and yeah, it, it, the stuff that's hopefully going to come off of this should be really good too. Because uh, actually, there's the way they set it up. No spoilers, but the next run it's supposed to kind of bleed into Justice League, and Snyder's picking that up here soon. So oh, really, he's yeah, he's oh, wow. kind of going to continue the story afterwards. Oh man, I am so I I'm actually gonna go to quite a few. I'm gonna try to go to some of those DC panels. I want to I, I I gotta I I really want to go to the Brian Michael Bendis DC panel. So, yeah, that would be pretty cool. That's C2E2. Yeah, that'll be good. Is that a primetime panel? Is that going to be like a 5 o'clock one? Uh, he's got he's got a couple panels. He's got like one by himself. He's got one that's going to be like a DC spotlight, um, mm. one that's only going to be 15 minutes, and then he's got like a panel with him and uh, Mark Miller together. Um, that's, Ooh, I kind of want to go to that panel. Yeah, and it's at the same time as an American Gods panel with mm. with Ricky Whittle. So it's like fuck. So um I've already talked to Joe Stark. I'm going to have him record the uh cuz I'm recording some of these panels for for episodes. So I'm going to have him record one and I'm going to be in the other recording the other. So That's awesome. Yeah. But fuck, I'm going to miss one in person, which kind of sucks. So I wanted to see both of them. They're both like at 11 on Saturday. And nobody gives a fuck unless you're going to C2E2. They're like, get back to the content. Get back to the content. I'm a sensitive little fucking pussy and I got to hear my content. (laughs) Fuck off. God, I'm sorry. I had somebody piss me off on Twitter last night. (laughs) Oh, that was a real thing that happened? (laughs) Yeah, Nicole Simon, if you're listening, I hope you're getting a headache right now, you fucking bitch. She knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) Don't listen if you don't like the audio, all right? And I'm not changing anything with the audio. Don't tell me it's going to give you a headache. Don't be a bitch and then tell me my audio gives you a headache because now I want to give you a fucking headache. Because how many times have you told, like, a guy that you couldn't do it because you had a headache? Yeah, I just said that. (laughs) So it's payback, Nicole. (laughs) Get the barking dog sound effect going. Payback for every fucking... You hear that, Tracy Ferguson, you fucking bitch? Yeah, you too. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, was it Nicole Simon? 
could you she changed, could you uh could you change your freaking mono uh, your audio down to mono because it gives me a headache and I just said don't listen and I blocked her fucking bitch <laughs> she, yeah. why you know be nice if you're gonna you know why do I have to be nice right now why can't I be a dick right now when somebody says that to me why can't I be a dick. Well, I am, so I'm just saying. I'm, <laughs> I guess I was going to say. I think you answered. Yeah, your I guess I'm rhetorically yeah. asking the question, but that's the thing. It's like it's like if she would if she would have asked me like nicely, like if she would have sent a nice little message saying, "Hey, like this this happens, it does." But when she the way she words it, you're freaking audio, and you're this, and you know, don't use freaking. Grab your fucking pussy and say fucking. Okay? <laughs> God damn it. I am. I'm grabbing my pussy and saying fucking. Anyway. I'm sorry. You. No, I'm, it's just, you know, it's like, I don't know. It, people, this is, I, I'm not doing this for fucking customer service to appease assholes. Alright? I do this, I do this every week. It's fucking free. Okay? Jesus. Nicole, si- at Nicole Simon on Twitter. Anyway, <laughs> all right. So, well, sorry, James. What else you got? Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go find her right now. That, I mean, that was fun. <laughs> um, I guess. Uh, let's see. I got a couple just quick mentions. Um, I know. I don't even want to say his name, but Wade brings up the magicians. Yeah. And I've watched that since the beginning. I remember seeing the trailer and I'm like, all right, I got to set my DVR to get this when it starts. And, um, it, it is, a, it is an absolutely great show. If you, it's, you know, me and my wife are into Harry Potter. She's done the books and everything too. Um, I mainly just do the movies, but, uh, it, it it's like an adult. At first, we just thought it was an adult version of Harry Potter, mm-hmm. and because you know it's magic people in a school, but it's gone so far past that, and the character character development and like just how they change throughout this show. Like you'll love a character, and then all of a sudden you'll hate a character, and you're just seeing so much growth in them, and it, it, you fall in love with all the characters. I, I highly recommend this. You can get all the first and second season episodes on netflix and you know the current season's getting close to wrapping up on sci-fi and this season has almost every episode's basically just gotten better and better the show is continually gets better so yeah i saw the first five six episodes of the magicians and it was really good i i don't you know what i think it was i was trying to balance too many shows at that time and, yeah. um, I, I just, so I got rid of some of them, like, and I shouldn't have, I was watching the Killjoys on sci-fi. I was watching the Magicians on sci-fi. I think I was watching the Expanse on sci-fi. And I was just like, I think I just got rid of them all. So, <laughs> but it is really good from the episodes that I've seen. And it's one of those things that I'd like to restart and rewatch. Um, cause it was really good. And Eric Wade and you won't shut up about it. So that'd be, Sorry. you know, yeah. no, <laughs> <laughs> just fucking with you. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, good shit. Um, I also watched a show, started watching it last night, or well, got through an episode, and I I saw it on Netflix, and I told my wife, I was like, we need to check this show out. And I was like, I can't remember what podcast said it was good. And then about 
three or four times of this guy saying buttercream, it hit me. Uh, <laughs> I completely remembered who it was, and I paused it and started dying laughing. He was like, what's going on? <laughs> ah, buttercream. Oh, it's a buttercream. Oh, dude, fucking Jacques, man. Oh, my God. I, yes. Dude, I bet you Jacques can fuck like the best. I'm like a fucking freight train. You know what I mean? <laughs> I bet. Yeah, he, I like, think he qualifies as a game show. Oh, he's like, you want to yeah. see my buttercream? Here you go, baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah, I just said that. Yeah. Oh man. All right. So yeah, I sorry. Watch nailed it, and it was oh, it lived up to it for me. Yeah, that's Jacques. Also has another show called Nailed It, so it's completely different All kinds of premise. Yeah. You just got better creamed. Um, <laughs> Nailed. Yeah, and you see a bunch of like women walking off with like there's a, that something about Mary hairdo. So um, yeah. Uh, burr, burr, burr. Um, I had one more, but it, it's something I think maybe most of us watched, um, and it was Roseanne, the restart of it. Yeah, yeah, I watched it as well. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I. You know, it brought back a lot of nostalgia for me. I think maybe I got sucked into that. Um, I give it a high taste it just because I kind of don't like shows that kind of feed off of the politics stuff. Um, and they like only did the politics stuff for most of the, sh- the first half hour. So, uh, but yeah, it was still a pretty good show. And I liked having all the cast back and everything. I'm not. What'd gonna, you guys? Oh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to Tupperware it. Because it went into the politics, because no other show is fucking has the balls to really do it, and that's what Roseanne's about. So, yeah. um, you know, you don't have to agree with the views on the show, um, but on the flip side, like, that's what the show's always been about, bringing awareness and, like, just tackling issues head on. And, yeah, and they, they touched a lot of issues I, I loved, and I mean, I do think they, they played both sides of the politics, and I yeah. did, I did, like that i did th- i think that was cool well even just i'm, I'm t- I, not even that but like i'm just talking about like like even just like the uh the issue with like the child with the the yep. gender issues like the the way he, you know a little bit of cross-dressing that he does you know wearing girls clothing and and um and things like that like the way they tackled that like to see dan hug that child and yeah i kind of like teared up like this is this is really good shit. Like it had a nice anti-bullying message, and like you know, for I don't know. That's what I that's what I love about Roseanne when she was on the air. She dominated all those years on ABC, and you know, for her to come back and like do this, like she didn't forget about like what got her there. They were they were like as close to like a real family as like we'd ever seen on TV before. Exactly. Like, yeah. Because, like, most families, it's, like, they live in, like, the nice house. They got the great jobs. Like, like you know, it's, like, you look at the Cosby show, like, you know, she, you know, uh, he's a doctor. She's a lawyer. You look at, like, um, you know, Growing Pains and, like, you know, uh, Maggie was, like, a, a reporter and, you know, Alan Thicke's character was a psychiatrist. And and here we had Roseanne. She worked in a fucking, like, when we first meet her, she worked in a factory, you know? And Dan yeah. and Dan worked like in in carpentry or construction, and yeah, getting uh, laid off all the yeah, time, getting laid off all the time and stuff like that. Like this was like uh, this is the white version of Good Times, is what it was. And they hadn't and and and, and we hadn't seen that before, and we hadn't seen that on television, and um, it was it was groundbreaking, and um, that 
she's I think she's trying to do that formula here again, even though it is going to be abrasive because it does deal with like some of the politics and it is in your face. I just I've got to applaud her for like just throwing it out there because we need we're I, we're seeing this week. We're going to talk later about this Deadpool TV show, but we're seeing people try to squash voices. So, you know, I don't know. That's just I'm glad that Roseanne has like that power to where she can basically she has the power to do what she wants to these days. So it's good to see her back on TV. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did anybody else watch it? I did not. Nope. All right. You guys, you guys fucked around this week, didn't you? <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming that's not on Netflix. Uh, no, it's, no, it's on Hulu. Probably on Hulu. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to get it. All right, uh, Dan, what do you got this week? Uh, just two things. Um, the first thing is uh, a game that I bought, which is Far Cry Five, which obviously nice. is a, yeah, it's the fifth part of the Far Cry series. Uh, this one is set in um, the fictional uh, Hope County, which is uh, in Montana, and it's about you, and you're just called Rookie. You don't even have a name. It's a first-person shooter, and you go into this town which has been taken over by, um, uh, like, a, a militant, uh, like, religious cult. And, uh, yeah, and there's 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 been a lot of kind of, like, uh, controversy with it and everything. People try to get the game pulled and stuff like that because of the, the villains being, like, you know, quite radical in their beliefs and things like that. And, um, but that aside you go to this town and this preacher is is killing people who don't like believe in what he believes and you go in there with a the US marshal and everything goes to hell when you try and take him out and you as rook you you get stuck in this town pretty much everyone else dies this is the first 5 minutes of the game so no spoilers and uh, and then it's your job to try and take out um the preacher and his family who control these different areas of this uh this town and all of their cronies that are trying to basically bring the end of the world, like the end times. Um, I'm going to give it a high taste it for now because I'm only about five hours in. But if you like Far Cry, any of the Far Cries, this one is it's the same, but just like turn it up to 11 and with extra um, like uh, like traits and things like that that you can use and you get like companions you can use. I personally have chosen a dog called Boomer to be my companion and I can send him into areas of, of the map and he can scout things out and he brings me guns and he can attack people and things like that. And you can, you know, you drive cars, you drive boats, you fly planes, uh, amazing, um, like, RPG systems so you can uh, get a wingsuit and parachutes and it's just it's just crazy fun and you can play the game exactly how you want to play it so you can go around sneaky you can go in all guns blazing it doesn't matter and you basically have to kind of liberate this whole this whole area and uh, and bring the resistance which are the people that are trying to kind of overthrow this uh, this cult and uh, and kick people's asses so yeah it's it's really good fun I've seen uh, yeah, it, it, I wish I was good at first-person shooters because this game looks amazing to me. 
Yeah, it, it's gorgeous to, to look at. The The voice acting is awesome. The score's really cool. It's like, you know, lots of like kind of like southern country music playing and stuff like that. It's, it really kind of ingrains you in the area that it's based in. It's, it's just really good fun, man. I mean, I know it's going around murdering people, but yeah, it's definitely a good one. Uh, murdering people sounds good. Uh, yeah, sweet. but for a good cause. <laughs> for a good cause. No, <laughs> um, agreed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Reddit has blown up with Far Cry. Like Reddit, like people are posting Far Cry videos all week. It's just been blowing up on Reddit. And so, yeah. like when you mentioned the dogs, I was like, "Oh, that's that fucking game." Because people have been <laughs> people have been like throwing up videos of their dogs in Far Cry like all week, and like it is really fucking cool. Like the shit that I've seen these dogs doing, I'm like, "Oh my god!" If yeah. people aren't posting like videos of their real dogs, they're posting videos of their video game dogs. That's what, crazy <laughs> yeah exactly I'm, I'm really looking forward to a mission that i'm gonna try and attempt next which is you can get a full-on grizzly bear called cheeseburger as your companion instead of the dog <laughs> so Holy i'm gonna shit. try and release cheeseburger and bring him into my fold and i'm gonna have a full-on grizzly bear <laughs> attacking people that's awesome <laughs> it's, that's like, awesome. it's fucking nuts dude it's just you know it it's it's ridiculous. Like I see why people weren't a big fan of like a lot of the things that were kind of going on in the story. I do get that, but when you when you like can fucking tell a grizzly bear to go and attack someone, it's not exactly realistic. So, you know, Ubisoft, um, the guys that made it, basically ignored the change.org and uh, they released mm. it anyway. And, and I'm glad they did because it's it's a fun game. So I mean high taste it for now, but it could possibly go up to a Tupperware depending how long um, it takes me to really really get stuck into it nice very cool uh i got one more thing that i want to talk about um i went and saw last night it was the last night it was playing and they had a four o'clock show posted and i show i show up to watch a movie called the party and it's only an hour and 15 minutes long it's a very short film and um i show up at the four o'clock showing and the theater is not open. It's like me and like, it's like me and like, I'd say about 10 other people that are there to see this movie. We, I've really been wanting to see it. It's the last day it's fucking playing. And I'm like, fuck. So they had another showing at six. And so I, I basically like walked with my fucked up foot. I, I, um, I, I've got, um, I, I, I got my crutches and I got my, um, uh, my boot on and I crutch it over to the, I was two blocks away from the comic book store. So I'm like, fuck, I'll just go to the comic book store and wait. I, I'll, I'll fucking see what comics and shit they got there and hang out. So I did that and I came back at six. I actually, then I went back to my car and hung out and anyway, um, I did get to see it. It's, uh, the synopsis to celebrate her long awaited prestigious post as shadow minister for health and hopefully the stepping stone to party leadership, the newly appointed British opposition politician Janet is throwing a party for her friends at her London flat. Of course, in this select and intimate soiree, apart from Bill, Janet's self-denying academic husband, a motley crew of elite hand-picked guests have been invited. There's April, the sourly cynical American best friend, her unlikely German husband, Gottfried. There's also Ginny and Martha, and finally Tom, the smooth banker in the impeccable suit. 
but inevitably before dinner is served, the upbeat ambiance will shatter to pieces as festering secrets will start surfacing in this perfect domestic war zone. Undoubtedly, after this night, things will never be the same again. This movie is fucked up. It's it, it's um, it's directed and written by Sally Potter. Um, it's it stars Timothy Spall, Kristen Scott Thomas, uh, Patricia Clarkson, who is fucking great in this movie. Uh, Bruno Ganz, uh, Cherry Jones, uh, Emily Mortimer, and Killian Murphy. You guys know him as uh, Scarecrow in um, the uh, Dark Knight series, Christopher Nolan. But. Um, mm-hmm. This movie is crazy. It starts off weird. I, I think that this is one that I need, I definitely need to watch again because it's, you're really just kind of thrown into this movie and you don't know anything about these characters and you don't know, you really know nothing. And information just seems to like, it, like as people talk, information just keeps coming out. You find out secrets about people and, and it's, everything just escalates to where like, the, they show you the last scene of the movie at the beginning, which is basically Janet holding a gun and pointing it at someone, and you don't know who. And that's the end scene, you know, that's that's at the end of the movie. So it's like, what escalates? Where do, Like, where does this party go to, like, to get you there? And... Man, I didn't know what to think of this at first. I was like, where the fuck is this going? It's really slow. We got a lot of dialogue. But it's some really good acting. And I'd say, like, the last 20, 30 minutes, shit just gets fucking crazy. And it's got some deep discussion. Ginny and Martha are um, they're a lesbian couple. And one is considerably older than the other. And the other is, like, carrying three triplets that she's been artificially inseminated with. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Dude, there's a lot going on in this movie. And this is not for everyone. I promise you, if you do not like indie flicks, you're not going to like this it's it's filmed in black and white which i loved that but um if you don't if you're not if you're not a big fan of indie flicks and just like dialogue and not a lot of stuff happening at the beginning you're not gonna like this but i loved it i thought patricia clarkson's one-liners were great in this i'm gonna give it a high taste it's called the party um killian murphy plays like a cokehead in this one and he is just like off his rocker the whole fucking time sweating and snorting coke and losing his shit and um man i wish i could get into spoilers because like it does ramp up like crazy shit happens there's just lies and betrayal and it's fucked up but um i'm not gonna give it away if you do want to see it i don't i don't know where you'll be able to watch it now it's not really playing like all over i had actually i had to go to the art theater and watch it but i i liked it it's called the party it's a real real quick watch an hour and 15 minutes so i'll give it a high taste it Wow, that's crazy, man. I was just checking this out. Those seven people that you listed are the only cast members, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's mad. That's like, mm-hmm. it's almost like it's like a like a stage show, like a theater show, but in film. Yeah, it's, it's a, all set it's in that cool, one though. that one building. It's a really intimate project, and you know, there's you know, other characters are mentioned but not seen, and it's I. I don't know. At first I was just kind of like, man, where is this going? Where is this going? And it's like, and I think I really need to watch this a second time. It's one of those things where I appreciated it upon like the culminate, like, like where escalated and like what it culminated to. The ending was just like, holy shit. 
That, I just kind of like was like, oh my god, that's that. This is great. I I really enjoyed it. I'm gonna give it a high taste. It and upon second watch, I might Tupperware this, but this is not gonna be for everyone. Okay, like we went and saw like Ready Player One, which is like you know it's an assault of your senses visually, and like this is not like this is just a black and white <laughs> intimate like play, like you said, Dan. It's like a it's like it's a filmed play, and um. You know, I, I, I really liked it. So I just kind of wanted to let everybody know that if you do get a chance to, to see it, I, it might not be your thing. So maybe not go see it in the theater. But if you do like indie flicks and, and, and you are curious and you, and you see this in your area, go check it out. It's a, it's a quick watch. So, and because, and because they were not open at four and we were <laughs> waiting there, they gave us a free pass. And a free popcorn. So I want to thank the wow. art, the art theater in Champagne for the free pass and the free popcorn. So that was very cool of you. So, yeah, that's a good deal. They didn't have to yeah, do that. They did yeah. not have to do that, which is really cool. I used my movie pass on it, and I was like, "Fuck," because <laughs> I can't check into the six o'clock now. So, dude, it was really cool to like you know hook us up with a pass. So, all right, uh, Jake, I know you're probably like just dying for a break. Right? I'm doing okay. Are you really? Is everybody else okay? Yeah. Are we good? Yeah, yeah fine. Oh, Dan, no, no. I feel a little bit of hesitation on your end. <laughs> oh, no, I, I said yeah straight away to begin with. No, you sounded, me. <laughs> you sounded like one of the ladies the first time Steve Harvey wanted to introduce, like, pork rinds into, <laughs> into the bedroom. Like, you were kind of like, I don't know about this. Like, I, I really like you. Your mustache is cute, but... Pork rinds? I don't know. <laughs> Are you sure you're good? There, to go? there was one thing which I was going to talk about in Good yeah, Pop, Bad Pop. Go for it. You guys have covered it uh, two, three times now. I, I basically binged watch Altered Carbon. You did? Yes. You, 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 you hit me up? You hit me up I, after you did? Yeah. I, I got through one to six in one sitting, and then I did I did the rest after that. Oh my god! Um, oh my I, god! I can't imagine. Like, okay, so you're so you're watching like was it was it, how many episodes was it? It was one to six to begin with. Yes, and then I did, I did seven through however many it is to end it. Oh my god! That seven through the end, like you were glued, right? I was glued from episode one, dude. <laughs> I. I absolutely fucking love this show. It's for me, it's a complete Tupperware. Yeah. It's it's so it's. I described it as Blade Runner, but interesting because I'm not a huge Blade Runner fan. It has that. <laughs> it has that. You know that kind of like neo futuristic style about it, which yeah. you know you you look at it and you think Blade Runner immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the science fiction element of it and all of the the technology with the stacks it's all it's i liken it to black mirror in the fact that it takes that technology and then it basically follows it to like these conclusions mm. and that's what black mirror does but they only do it for kind of like one specific thing but in this you get these stacks and it becomes they just you they look at everything that could happen with this technology so you go down all these different routes of how people would react to this particular technology coming into coming into play and it's so interesting mm. from from the, from the very beginning and then you throw in a murder mystery in there as well. And I'm like, right, I am fucking sat down. I'm watching this for as long as I possibly can. And it was, it was just so good. It was so good. I just, I couldn't 
find anything that I didn't like about it. I mm-hmm. just thought it was brilliant. I, it, it is. It's tremendous, man. Tremendous show. And that's what I'm worried about with this one. It's like, can Netflix keep everyone together for the next season? Like, I, that's one of the things, like, I've been so worried lately. And I don't mean to get sidetracked here, but, cause I love this show so much. But like, I, American Gods last year, I loved that show. Yeah. And it's like, we're hearing like, you know, you know, you know, Brian Fuller and, and Michael Green are leaving. And it's like, what? That, that's what I'm worried about. Like, please, like, who, like, the, the, the creators and the writers on Altered Carbon, like, lock them up for season two now. You know? <laughs> Cause like, it, that, that, it's brilliant, man. It's brilliant. Cause like, we get a lot of stuff on Netflix. Netflix throws a lot of shit at the wall, right? Not everything sticks though. A lot, yeah. a lot used to stick at the beginning. But not everything's sticking now. Like mute was not like great for me, and um, you know um, uh, what's the other one that they did? Um, the Will Smith movie. Oh, Bright. I enjoyed it, but it's still not. It's not one of those where like I got to go back and watch Bright. I got to no, go back. It's not, it's not yeah. a Tupperware by no. any means, is it? But it's not terrible on the flip side. But yeah, it's just okay. But like you change anything. You you change anything in Altered Carbon? Like if you lose like one of the writers, or if you lose like you know one of the like the showrunner or something like that. Like yeah. oh my god, no! It's like don't. I want season two to just be like just like so perfect, like season one was. Right? Season one was just so damn good. I love Poe. God, I, I it's, yeah, yeah. I uh, I'm glad. See, Dan, I'm glad you. I'm glad that there are shows that you do start and finish because, like the the end of the fucking world. I'm sure you haven't gotten back to that, have you? Oh, fuck that shit. <laughs> fuck you. That's a good fucking show. <laughs> no, I just I, as soon as I watched the first episode, I was absolutely hooked, man. Yeah. And it only got better from there. It just it expanded on the tech. It expanded yeah. on the characters, yeah. the relationships, and there wasn't one performance in this that I didn't like. Everyone from the top down was absolutely fantastic in everything that they did. It was it was just brilliant. I've never seen Joel Kinnaman put on such a good performance. He was the best um, part. I and you can go back and listen to my fucking my my review of uh, Suicide Squad that we did. I said that he him and that he was one of my favorite parts of Suicide Squad. Joel Kinnaman. Yeah, I love. Yeah. He's he is damn good. And what's yeah. I, He's in that, uh, is that, what's that show he's in? Uh, Turn? Uh, Turn? Is he in Turn or is, what's he in? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I was going to say, because I haven't really seen him in, in many other things except for the Robocop yeah. remake, yeah. which isn't <laughs> exactly great. <laughs> Robocrap? Um, yeah, <laughs> and I saw him in, uh, he's in House of Cards as well. He was really good in that. He was in really good, really good as, um, Will in that. He was mm. brilliant. But this, it, it just, it stretched him, it stretched his, uh, his acting to loads of different areas. And I thought he was awesome in all of it. And the mythology that was involved, yes. um, it, it's just, it's absolutely brilliant. It's, like I said, it's Blade Runner meets like a detective noir meets the Matrix. It's fucking mental. I loved it. Oh, he was in The Killing. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I've never seen that. Yeah. Which, was he in the American version? Yes. Uh, well, I, I mean, that's the only version that I know of. Um, there was, it started off on, uh, AMC for the first three seasons. Then they canceled it and then Netflix revived it. It was a Netflix revival. They brought it back for like the fourth season or something like that. 
Um, I remember that. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. So, hey, uh, James, did you ever watch Altered Carbon? No, I have it on my uh, list to watch, but, I mean, the way yeah. everybody keeps talking about it, I'm going to have to get on it pretty quick. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, that's the thing. It's like you're watching The Magicians, you know, you're. I'm not watching that, but I watched Altered Carbon, and, you know, it's one of yeah. those things. There's only so much time in the fucking day, so, um, yeah. I played Altered Beast. Oh, dude, I fucking <laughs> Altered love Beast. Altered Beast. <laughs> the Sega Genesis, it came with the system, it, but it was originally in the arcade. Yes. I loved playing that game in the arcade. Oh, man. Yeah, I love punching eyeballs as a werewolf. It's good fun. Yeah. Good <laughs> oh, my God. That's a hell of a tangent. <laughs> All right. You guys ready to jump into news? Yeah. All right. Yep. It's now time for the Pop Culture Leftovers news. Yeah, 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 read all about it. It's a lift of a news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. Alright, uh, after, uh, being pushed out of the director's chair for Star Wars Episode 9, Colin Trevorrow will direct Jurassic World 3, and this was confirmed by Steven Spielberg. So this is just really quick news. I just wanted to let you know. He's an executive producer on, um, the second film, and, um, I mean, it's sad because honestly, I think that had he not been kind of like, uh, you know, involved in Star Wars episode nine for so long. And yes, he did write a script. People, him and, him and, um, Derek Connolly were writing a script for, uh, they spent a lot of time on this. Like they were actually, like Colin Trevorrow guys was announced as director for episode nine before Shit. Ryan Johnson was announced as episode eight director. Okay, <laughs> he's been working on he had been working on this for a long time, and uh, it was a really kind of fucked up situation because you do have Kathleen Kennedy and her husband who are really good friends with Steven Spielberg, and Steven Spielberg loves this guy. Steven Spielberg watched his movie Safety Not Guaranteed, really liked him, really liked his vision, brought him on to do Jurassic World, makes huge money. And then, and then, you know, we know what happened with, uh, episode nine. So, um, I, I'm just bringing this up because I, I personally am happy that he's gonna, he's gonna have a directing gig. Like, like, the, it didn't kill him that he didn't get to direct nine. Yeah, he wasn't Josh Trank. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> you don't want to see somebody get tranked. You know what I mean? No. No, no. I, I, I'm with you here, Brian. I, I don't know. I just, with the way these stories have been going, I kind of assumed that maybe he was going to be blacklisted after yeah. the Star Wars debacle because yeah. we hadn't heard anything quite yet about, yeah. you know, other than him being a producer on the Jurassic Park, mm -hmm. you know, him continuing with any of these big franchise movies. So, yeah, good, good to hear. It is very good to hear. I, I think this guy's still got a lot of talent and he's still got a lot to show us. And it's one of those things where, like, I don't always want him to do, like, big blockbuster movies i'd like to see him come back and do something personal as well i really enjoyed safety not guaranteed i mean that yeah, was a great film wasn't it i mean it's brilliant yeah so I, that was when i saw in the theater like i may I, like i had i heard about it i had to go see it in the theater and it was a great theater experience for me and like what an ending like it didn't see it coming like it could have gone either way and like yeah yeah and like he blew me away with that ending so 
Yeah, very, very clever filmmaker, man. Yeah. And to, to sort of take like a movie at that budget and it just be about the performances and the writing and leading you off in all those different directions. And you're thinking, is this real? Is it not real? Mm-hmm. What's with this guy? Yeah. And Mar- then, oh, and then God. the ending. <laughs> Mark Duplass is so good in that movie. Oh, yeah. Is it Aubrey oh. Plaza in that one too? Is that it's Aubrey? It's been a while since I've watched it. Yeah. God, I love that movie. It's ba- You know, it's based on a real um uh ad that was taken out in the uh in like the what are those little ad columns in, in newspapers the classifieds it's, oh really it's based on a real classified ad there was a classified ad that a guy said you know um if you, uh, t- time traveler you can learn <laughs> you can like <laughs> like you know, you someone, get, yes. someone to go back in time with me. Yes. This is not a joke. You'll get paid yes. after we, we yeah. come back. Yeah. It's, so basically, I'm pretty sure they copied the real ad they, word for word. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. And like he just based the movie on that. <laughs> that that's 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 filmmaking, man. That's awesome. Yeah, oh. It is Orby Plaza as well. Yeah, she's so good in it. Um, okay, guys, next story. Uh, we talked about, Jake, we talked about Lock and Key, the TV series that they were going to yes. be putting out for Hulu. I was excited as fuck, man. I was so oh, excited. No. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Disney came in and said no. No. <laughs> oh. no, that's not what happened. I know Disney is going to be owning um, uh, Hulu here shortly if this Fox deal goes through. But anyway. This, they didn't. I'm not going to be blaming them for anything on this. So, actress, actor, <laughs> yet. <laughs> yet, not not yet. Who knows? We might get some breaking developments in the next few weeks. Um, actress Samantha Mathis, uh, who was cast in the show, she talked with Culture Vultures and said, "I did a pilot for Hulu called Lock and Key, but it didn't get picked up by Hulu. So Hulu passed on it." Hulu has passed on Lock and Key. Um, there was a Lock and Key movie that like debuted at Comic Con like ten years ago. No, not ten years ago. Maybe six years ago, and that got like not was it a series then too? Was <laughs> in my mind. It was. A, I think it was. A, I think it was a series. It was too, a series. But the pilot was like yes. feature length. And uh, dude, there was a lot of hype. A lot of people. It was mixed reviews. I heard people. Some people loved it. Like they only aired it the one time at Comic Con. I, I, I've heard some people loved it. Some people didn't like it. But I heard more people liked it than didn't. And then this gets canceled for Hulu. So just so you guys know, like this series would have starred had it got picked up by Hulu. And I'll, and there's still hope for it anyway. But anyway. It would have starred Danny Glover, Samantha Mathis, Owen Teague, who played Patrick in It, last year's It, Jackson Robert Scott, who played Georgie in It, Nate Cordry, and then you had, as far as like your, your team working on this, you had lost writer Carlton Cuse had adapted the story for the pilot, and Andy Michietti, the director for It, was directing the pilot as well. Oh, wow, it's a pretty power team. Very, yeah. very much so. And God, so, I wonder why Hulu passed on this. I'd, I'd love to know. They passed on it. It's still being shopped, and another streaming service could pick it up. If it does get picked up, I'm thinking that it won't go to Netflix because Netflix already has Stranger Things, so they're gonna they'll be fine with that. I think Amazon, the way they're spending money right now on projects. 
I think that this could land possibly at Amazon. And um, so we might be – I don't know. I'm, this is all speculation. But if anybody's going to pick it up, in my opinion, it would be Amazon. Yeah, I think that's that's a quality answer, Brian. Um, Amazon is spending money left and right. I, I'm just I'm still stuck on what was going on in this pilot that Hulu said no on. Right. Maybe, what is going on here? Uh, is it the fa- is it the what? Uh, I don't know. It's like is it that Disney's yes. and them are talking and they're worried that they won't be able to keep this series running afterwards or something? Mm, I don't think that's it. Mm. I, I, I because I, I think Disney. Actually, like with a lot of like the more adult themed stuff, I think that they're going to have their own streaming service and then they're going to keep Hulu separate and like the adult stuff is going to go on Hulu. Yeah. Right. They're going to do like, which I think is like, it's an advantage for Disney. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In my opinion, you know, so. um, Yeah. Selling two services. Absolutely. Because Apple's not doing that, Jake. Apple, Apple. Apple streaming service has been basically saying that they're wanting to do the family friendly stuff too. I think that's going to hurt them. Okay. I think that's, I think Disney can get away with it because they already have Hulu and they can, they can do a lot on Hulu. Yeah. Disney can get away with it because they're already making money like by doing more mature stuff, just not as in your face Disney yes. branded. It's not going to be called like, you know, Disney Stream and they can just yeah. throw it on Hulu. So, um I don't want to but I don't want to see Disney come in there and cancel some of these shows that I've come to love. Like if I don't get Casual Season 4 or Casual Season 5, I'm going to be flipping. I'm not going to be casual, I'll tell you that fucking much. I'll be flipping the fuck out. <laughs> so, I love that show. It's one of the best comedies on TV, but um yeah. Uh, back. Okay, let's talk about Amazon. Amazon is spending money like a motherfucker. I don't know if you guys have heard about this, and this may or may not happen. They might be doing a science fiction TV series, and check this out: spending one billion dollars over three <laughs> seasons on this show. Wow. Okay. It's a it's a show. It's based on a book series. Each book will be one season. The Financial Times said that they are eyeing the rights to the books. This could happen. Um, it's called The book is called The Three-Body Problem. It's a science fiction novel by the Chinese writer Lu Sixin. It is the first novel of the remembrance of Earth's past. The title itself refers to The Three-Body Problem in Orbital Mechanics, which I'm sure you all are familiar with. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We could do another bonus episode on that if you want. I know. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go again, breaking down orbital mechanics. Anyway, <laughs> that's a fucking old hat on this show. Um, but anyway, Barack Obama read the book. He called it wildly imaginative. Like it has, it has its fans. Uh, the Amazon synopsis for the book is set against the backdrop of China's cultural revolution. A secret military project sends signals into space to establish contact with aliens. An alien civilization on the brink of destruction captures the signal and plans to invade Earth. Meanwhile, on Earth, different camps start forming planning to either welcome the superior beings and help them take over a world seen as corrupt or to fight against the invasion. So like, that's a great concept, really cool concept, but it's like, are they putting the cart before the horse here and giving this? uh, Okay. 
I will say this. There is a Chinese production company, a Chinese filming company that's been trying to adapt this and they have been unsuccessful. And so a lot of people are happy. Fans of the book are happy that, and they feel that they, they are confident that Amazon with the proposed budget, the rumored budget that they're willing to throw at this can do it justice. Um, I don't know if this is what you want to do though. This is a lot of money in that they're, that they're throwing at something that hasn't proven itself yet. Yeah, but I'm glad someone's willing to take that risk, man. I don't want it to just be the same regurgitated things to get money thrown at it. I do want to see those new IPs get the same, you know, amount of budget and chances yeah. as an established thing. You yeah, have Jake, to take but that risk. Think about it this way. Think about it this way. Think about some shows that started off with like a modest budget and then like they perform. Like we talked about Walking Dead earlier, you know? started off with a modest budget and they give it a little bit more uh game of thrones another show like they throw i don't want to see like amazon do this the show fail and like this never happen again yeah i mean that's true everything's you know goes in cycles though so i i don't think it would be you gotta, forever until someone tried well you got to think about it this way you got to you, okay you got you, there's math involved in this if 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 this show, for as much money as they put into it, if they don't make the money back on subscriptions, it's going to hurt it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, but sometimes you got to take a chance and make a big event out of something that's not very popular. Yeah, I mean, I, we wouldn't have Westworld if people didn't take a shot like that. I don't think. Uh, that's that's agreed. I agree with you there, one hundred percent, Dan. Uh, James, what are you guys thinking? I mean, would you the, the concept sounds cool. I, uh, do you guys agree, or uh, uh, what do you guys think about uh, Amazon just possibly spending money willy nilly? <laughs> For me, it basically depends how many people have Amazon Prime in China, because I know this book is or well, the books are very popular in Asia. Mm. So if if they have a lot of like Amazon Prime accounts in China, this is going to get watched like oh, yeah. a shitload. And there's you know there's a billion people in China, so yes. you know fucking one dollar each, they've made their money back. It, that's that'll be okay. But um, it just kind of depends whether or not it trans translates for the rest of us. But the story sounds awesome. But yeah, it's just it is worrying that they. <laughs> I just think they're going for like the Asian yeah. market because they know that it's going to perform well there, and especially if they have such a high budget on it as well. See, the worst, the, the worst scenario for me, the worst scenario for me is like this show comes out the first season, and it's something that I want to see, and like I would like to see a spectacle, Jake. I'm not saying that I wouldn't, but the worst mm -hmm. thing for me would be like for this to come out and like a show like Sneaky Pete to destroy it, like get more views. <laughs> and I love Sneaky Pete. I, I, Sneaky Pete is one of the best shows on TV. It really is. But the budget in Sneaky Pete is probably a fraction of the cost of what this is. James, what are you thinking, man? I, I mean, I, I think it sounds like a great concept, and I kind of agree with Jake. I mean, with all these new streaming services coming our way, um, I, I mean, I think they just got to take – I don't think it hurts to take a chance on something. So what, how do, how do they spend the money? How do they market this? How do they market this then? Do they say, you know, like do they have to throw it in our faces that they've spent this money on the project, or is or no. is, or is the trailer just going to show us like, oh my god, 
You have I think got, that's the way to do it. Got, or just get really clever with it. I mean, there's so many ways to, you know, get really clever with the marketing. There's been so many bad TV shows that I've watched because of clever marketing, mm, you know? Yeah. Like, what is the event? <laughs> Oh God, yeah, the event! <laughs> you know what, right? Did, did you did you watch the finale? Did you watch the finale for the event? I've, I've watched every episode. It was Steve yeah. Harvey fucking using pork rinds in the bedroom. That was the event. <laughs> I couldn't believe I it. I don't know if you guys know this, but when the event aired over here, it the the ratings dropped off so much that they never even aired the fucking finale in this country. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we watched like we watched nine episodes, whatever it was, because mm. I watched it like from start to finish. Yeah, and I was like, wow, how is it going to end? And we never found out. I had to find it like in an alleged sense and watch it there and it was crap anyway wow but, oh my god yeah they, they just dropped it it was on yeah. channel 4 and then they just stopped doing it Jake <laughs> you had something to say on this oh I you know I was just gonna say I, I think that's the that's the only way these days you can really get a new IP across is it either has to be a you know slam bam trailer or just some kind of really, you know, inventive way of marketing, of making yeah. people feel like they have to watch it to see what it's about. I feel like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like, uh, Amazon's maybe throwing their money at the wrong property here. And mm. I'd rather them do this than throw all that money at Lord of the Rings. I was thinking, I was thinking that they could throw their money at maybe doing like a saga adaptation, right? I mean, I know it's silly. It's like, you know, Brian K. Vaughn has never even come out and said that he wants to see it adapted. That is not silly. (laughs) No, no. From what I've read, though. Go ahead. I've heard him go on statement and say that he thinks the whole idea is impossible. I don't think it is, Jake. I don't think it is impossible. Like, what we thought was impossible years ago has been possible, in my opinion. And you may disagree with me, but for a long time, people say you couldn't adapt The Watchmen in a a single film. And I think Zack Snyder did it. You may not agree because you're not a big fan of the film or Zack Snyder, but I am as far as, like, The Watchmen is concerned. I... And I think that he did a fantastic job adapting that film. And even with the changes that he made from the original source material, I think that they were necessary changes that made sense. But like, and that's one of those things like here where, you know, Brian K. Vaughn has actually come out and said, like, I have made, I've tr- I'm trying to make this so that it, that it can't be adapted. But like, you gotta understand, like, that series came out in 2012. You didn't have the streaming services like we do now. TV is changing. The landscape of TV is changing. They're throwing more money at TV series. I mean, we're seeing seven to eight million dollars thrown at a single episode for Star Trek Discovery. You know, mm-hmm. we're seeing true. 15 million dollar episodes of Game of Thrones. And now Amazon's saying, fuck that. We're going to change the game and possibly give you three seasons that are a billion dollars. It's like, if you're saying that, like you can, you can give me a a saga TV series within the next five years. Within the next five years, they could go to Brian K. Vaughn, who's like no stranger to television either. Like he could even fucking join up and say, "I'll do the teleplay," because we see we've seen him do that within the in, uh, in uh, what was it in the dome. He was a lost rider too. Yeah, there you go. I mean, we could like. Um, you know, I'm not, and I'm not saying like he's selling out by doing that. I'm just saying like he's got a product that people, I think people would want to see. 
And yeah, man, you don't have to skimp on things. Like you can throw in the nudity, you can do it all now. And um, I mean, Amazon might be the place. I mean, if anybody could do it, it would be Amazon. I mean, there's so many cool concepts and things that are. I mean, this could be like. I can't imagine. Dan, everybody would be glued to their fucking TVs watching Saga. Yeah, they they really would. It's. I mean, aside from like the, you know, the kind of environments and stuff that they could do with CG, I think the only like major thing that you'd have to do Mm. is like. Well, Lion Cat for a start, yeah. but I'm not saying that, man. You know, there's quite a few characters in there you would have to do CG. Absolutely, but, but, but look what they did. Look what they did with, um, you know, like we saw. I, I'm not saying like this is the example, but like Flash with King Shark looks great. But I'm saying like if you watch Thor Ragnarok, do you remember that that fucking like you know Black Wolf that uh, Hela had? Oh mm. yeah. Fuck! Can you imagine if they did that kind of like CG? Threw some money at that and made that like Lion Cat. Oh yeah, my god! It'd be amazing. <laughs> oh my god! Unfucking real. See, that's the thing, Jake. I understand what Brian K. Vaughn said, but I honestly feel like eventually the technology will catch up. It'll eventually catch up. If it's not, if it's not ten years, it's fuck. It'll be twenty years. But the technology will catch up, and someone will want to adapt this. Somebody that's read it will want to adapt this eventually. I would love to see it done now. Tessa Thompson's already expressed interest in playing Alana. Oh, I wow. love that. I love that cast. <laughs> I was talking. I was talking to fucking. I was talking to fucking Rod Clairbout and um, and uh, Joe Stark and Rebecca Daling just the other day in a chat. Uh, my my co star my my co stars my co um, hosts on uh, Number One Comic Books. And I was talking to them about this, and I was like, "Oh my god, can you imagine Jason Statham as the Will? Can you imagine Tessa Thompson <laughs> as fucking um, Tessa Thompson as Alana?" Uh, Oscar Isaac as Marco, and I was like, "Oh, nice!" You know who I want as Prince Robot the Fourth? John fucking Cusack is the voice of Prince Robot the Fourth. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking because, like, like you know, like you'd think, like, oh, they're gonna give him like a British accent, you know? No, John fucking Cusack. He'd be so good. He would be so fantastic as a voice actor in that role. I love it. So, I don't know. What's up with uh, Brian K. Vaughn and any of his comic book properties not becoming TV shows or movies? Mm. Like, why the fuck haven't we seen, like, Why the Last Man yet? Why the Last Man is actually the rights for that are television rights. The television rights for that are owned by FX right now. And that's something that they are still talking about doing. Now, with the Disney acquisition, I don't know what's going to happen. But it was something that was supposed to – it's it's in development now okay. with FX. But, you know, like it could be another one of those projects like Southern Bastards too, which was picked up. The, the TV rights were picked up by FX. Those rights could lapse, you know. Uh, Why the Last Man was supposed to be like a uh, a movie at one time. It was supposed to be a trilogy. And then that didn't happen. So now FX has the rights. So, I mean, it's in, it, it was in development, but you know, who knows if it's ever going to get, you know, greenlit for production. So we'll find out. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, man, the, the whole, um, how the hell do like these companies make money from these huge, these huge budgets for like, you know, this 1 billion, like three body problem thing. How do they make money? Do they actually get money from like viewership or is it just from subscriptions? And that's kind of like divvied out to whoever. I have no idea. It's gotta be subscriptions. It's gotta be. Yeah. Yeah. It's gotta be subscriptions. Yeah. 
but on but must be on what people watch surely unless they get like played paid a flat rate for the actual show i mean i don't know walking dead they walking dead they uh they get money of course like from their commercials because it's on amc yeah, and, the, and the, well, they also have like endorsements too. Like you know, there's like knife companies that like want them to feature their <laughs> knives in the show, and then there's oh it's true. You watch those early seasons, and uh, those knives are prominently featured, um, as well as like uh, Dodge. Dodge was like a big one for them. They had like you know Rick was driving a Dodge in the early seasons, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just figured that it was you know it doesn't really. If it's subscriptions, then it doesn't matter how much the budget for something is because they're not going to get paid via how many people watch it. Mm. So, like, they've already made their money. That's, that's the only thing that I was thinking because, I mean, like, the only – what Jake was saying with the whole kind of slightly kind of more under-the-radar under release, especially for the three-body problem, would be – I would sort of relate it to something more akin to the OA. So mm. it just kind of – drops and then you just get like the trailer and like you know featured yeah the, you know features on the you know amazon feature thing and then you get like the trailer playing out on there but i don't know how you guys have it over here but we don't actually see trailers for anything on the feature you just see a still image on amazon prime do you get trailers playing like you do on netflix no. over in america or not? no no nope. no exactly so it's kind of it's unless they change that it's kind of a difficult thing for to for kind of recommend anything to anyone because you just see that that's still and it's mm -hmm. you think oh it yeah that looks okay it wouldn't be hard if amazon's willing to pay the money for the shows they're going to be willing to pay the money for the advertisements so you'll see the advertisements for the amazon shows on other networks you'll see them on if yeah. you go to imdb.com you're going to see it on the front page of imdb i promise you yeah yeah, I mean, point. you know, I saw Sneaky Pete ads all over that. Um, uh, before I go to the theaters now, I go to uh, an AMC uh, in Springfield, Illinois. And before they show the movies, they have a feature called Newvie. And they've been featuring Sneaky Pete season two and showing like, you know, behind the scenes interviews and like some of the scenes from it. I mean, so Amazon is spending some money in marketing and they're trying to hit not only just like theater audiences, but they're also trying to get you on your computer too. So they're trying to get, yeah. you're trying to get you before you watch the movie that you're at in the theater and then online. So, um, Hey dude, uh, uh, Dan, um, fucking the OA starts filming next month, uh, season two. Really? Yes. Yes. Reddit. Oh, somebody, shit. somebody posted a picture of the saying like, uh, the OA is filming down the street from me next month and snapped a picture Whoa. yeah of like they, they're shutting down some streets and things like that in this area so fucking a season two man i cannot i gotta do a season one rewatch i'm not gonna lie yeah, i was just about to say yeah. do a season one rewatch yeah. definitely <laughs> oh god that's what oh god i can't wait i fucking love that show and one yeah. of my favorite episodes that we ever recorded was the me the episode me you and ashley did with eoa that was a lot of fun <sighs> That was so much fun, man. Yeah. That was really good. And what a show as well. And again, yeah. just like just like Stranger Things, just out of nowhere, it just drops. And you think, oh, that looks interesting. Yeah. And then you watch the first episode and you're like, what the hell is going on? Got to watch the next one. Got to watch the next one. Whew. All right, let's move on. Tup I, got, I got a Tupperware. Absolutely, it's a Tupperware. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fucking Tupperware. Duke Nukem movie was teased last year, guys. And John Cena's <laughs> name was being thrown around as the lead. And now Andrew Form, a producer on on the movie confirms that Cena is attached. Here's his quote. Yeah, 
That's what we're working with now. He is, yes, we don't have a script yet, so that is confirmed at this point. But if he reads the script and he doesn't like the script, I'm sure there's ways that he could pull out. But right now, he's our guy. So from from the talk, Form, Form talked about this, and he talked about the tone of the film. And he's what they're going for is Deadpool. So they're wanting to get hyper-violent R rating for this one. And he also said if they can't get it right, they're just not going to do it. And there's no word on how they're going to um, tackle the character as far as his sexist attitude. <laughs> That's exactly my first question. Yeah. So um, I think I have an answer on how they can do it. I really think I know how they can do it. I am all ears. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if you set this, this came out in the 90s, right? Duke Nukem. Mm-hmm. If you set it in the 90s, audiences will forgive that in the movie. It is a loophole. I promise you. Look, <laughs> no, hold on. Look at how sexist and misogynist Mark Maron's character was in Glow. And it was set in the 80s. That's a good point. Yes. It, it, Make it a period piece and you can go to town, right? Exactly. Exactly. It, yeah. it, it, you, okay. Glow had a prominent female cast, had a lot of women in it, a lot of great actors in that. And, you know, and I loved it. But Mark Maron was like an over the top misogynist, very sexist, but it was set in the 80s. So it was okay. It was okay. <laughs> People let it slide. It's an easy workaround and that's all you got to do here. So I think like, you know, maybe, maybe I, they could even have they could even have him talking about how he's gone to like sensitivity classes, you know, <laughs> and then have him trying to be like mo- like more sensitive to women throughout the film. But he even comes off as more sexist when he says shit after that. You know, they could, I mean, so you know, I I don't know. I think it can work, and I think it can actually work in a way that men and women can kind of laugh at it and see that they're not glorifying sexism. I think we're all yeah. old enough to realize that it's a bad thing, but I think that they can, <laughs> you know, I think that they can portray it in a way to make this character look like a fucking douchebag, and we can all kind of like laugh together as a group in the theater at how stupid he is. I don't think they're going to try to glorify sexism and misogyny. The same you way you would say that, man, pig. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Tracy Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking man, pig, Brian over here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's. I don't know, man. I, I I don't know about anything about this movie except for like the tone that they talked about. But John Cena is the perfect casting for this. Perfect. He really yeah. is. He looks like him, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and he's got the comedy chops as well, man. We've seen him in oh, plenty God. of other movies yes. where he's got the timing, he's got the delivery, yeah. and he, like you said, he's got the look down. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, cock blockers looks hilarious, Jake. I'll say it again. It looks good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a funny trailer. I, his daughter in that movie, she says, what is she talking about? She's talking about she's talking about sex. She's talking about how ugly dicks are. And she says they serve <laughs> a purpose, and they're like a plunger. <laughs> <laughs> she compares penises to a plunger. Like, like, <laughs> it's just like, this, it looks fucking hilarious. It's, what I love about that movie 
is that cock blockers looks like it's the it's the uh it's American pie but 20 fucking years later American pie was all about a bunch of guys making a pact to lose their virginity before high school ended and here we've got girls doing the same fucking thing saying we're going to fucking we're going to have guys just fucking you know, ramming us before we get out of high school we got to lose our virgin- we got to pop our cherries before we get out of high school and i like it i it's all, it's no it's equality you know I like it. <laughs> I like it. I think it, it's it's the it's the female version of of uh, of uh, American Pie. I think it's fantastic. I think this movie looks really good. So, yeah, yeah it looks fun. When's it come out? This summer? A fucking, it comes out. Yeah, like any day. It seems like I don't know. Feels like I've been seeing trailers for this movie for like six months. Me too. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm uh, I'm feverish over it. I got I got, can't wait to see this movie where these girls are trying to get laid. That sounds <laughs> horrible when uh, I say April, it out loud. April, April 6th it comes out. Holy shit, yeah. Five yeah. days. Oh, fuck, yeah. Well, I'll go see that maybe the day before uh, C2E2. I'll go see that on Thursday. Oh, my God, you'll be giggling the whole time. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what movie I'm going to go see? Uh, what is it? Uh, Tuesday, I think. I'm going to go see that Best Friends movie with Tommy Wiseau and Jeremy Sestero, their new movie. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it played a couple days ago, but I didn't catch it. But they're replaying it on Tuesday. I'm gonna go try to see it. So, you know, John Cena's gonna be in that uh, Knight Rider reboot with Kevin Hart. That's that's how I did not know that. Yeah, you, you, you think people are gonna freak out about that? Uh, don't uh, don't don't fuck up my Knight Rider like the TV show already like the the revival TV show already didn't. Please don't. <laughs> I don't care. It's probably it's it's it it could suck. This could be like John Cena's Baywatch for like you know Dwayne Johnson. I don't care if they if they fuck up a theatrical Night Rider. I don't give a shit. It's not going to hurt me <laughs> to my core. I hate it when people act like things are so fucking sacred. So uh, sometimes Jake, right? Some things are oh, fucking yeah. sacred, but not. It's like I lo- you know I love fucking you know um, Night Rider when I was a kid. I love that fucking show. But if if, yeah. if I get if I get a bad John Cena movie like the Starsky and Hutch movie, people with pitchforks, uh, uh, Owen Wilson and fucking ben, uh, ben Stiller fucked up my Starsky and Hutch memories. <laughs> oh, fuck off, grow a dick. <laughs> I ruined my childhood. No, yeah, no, yeah, I was pretty fucking dumb. I was that asshole bitching about the Johnny Knoxville Dukes of Hazard, and it's like fuck off. I should go back and tell myself like you know 15 years ago to shut the fuck up god damn it you got you got the just let them do their crap yeah exactly it's a shitty movie you you've you lived and you know you still got the (laughs) you got the original series okay god knight rider is hardly a sacred cow in my opinion either yeah i mean i don't get it i don't get it it's silly. It's fucking silly, man. Just like if they make it and it sucks, move on. Get over it. Like wh- where else are you getting your Night Rider? You know, are you getting any Night Rider anywhere else? Yeah, yeah. And sometimes that kind of weird stuff actually works. You know. Yeah, sometimes it works. Like when they talked about a uh, what was it, the uh, reboot for the Brady Bunch movie? That was fucking genius. Yeah, those were those were great. <laughs> Both of them are great. Anyway, have you guys heard about this new Taika Waititi film? No, I want to, oh, though. No. Oh, Jake, this is fucked up. Let me try to explain this one to you, because this is really fucked up. It's coming from Fox Searchlight. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I'm worried about the future of Fox Searchlight with Disney taking over. I really am. 
I'm, I'm, some of these Fox Searchlight films I, I love, like, uh, Shape of Water, you know, One Best Picture. Like, are we gonna get shit like that anymore? Are we gonna have no, Fox I doubt Searchlight? It. I doubt it. I don't see why Disney would wanna win Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, Scarlett Johansson, she's in talks to star in a role in this film. Actually, you know, she's, she, she got signed. His movie, it's called Jake. Hold on. Hear this out, guys. Hear this out. It's, this one's gonna be hard to digest, okay? Alright. Here we go. It's called, <laughs> I'm not, I'm You're not freaking even, me out, man. It, dude, you should be freaking out right now. It's fucking weird. It's a weird fucking concept, but just stick with me, okay? It's called Jojo Rabbit. Alright? You're still, we're not, okay, we're not out of the woods yet. I know that sounds weird, but we're not out of the woods yet, guys. I gotta go deeper into Jojo Rabbit. I, that's not the first time I've ever said that in my life, too. Um, rabbit or rabbit? Rabbit. 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 Okay. Like, yeah, like a bunny rabbit. Right, just in time for Easter. Jojo Rabbit is a World War II satire about a 10-year-old boy trying to fit in fascist Germany with the help of an imaginary friend. Okay, that's the first. Okay, I just, I kind of just wanted to lay it out there. I'm going to get into more details about the film, but I just wanted to, that's like, that's like, I'm just kind of like, instead of me like shoving my dick all the way in, I gave you just the tip. Okay. You guys ready? Are you guys ready for me to just, just ram my cock in? <laughs> if we must. All right. IndieWire, IndieWire went into more details about the film. And uh, whenever Fox Searchlight Pictures ends up releasing Taika Waititi's Jojo Rabbit, it will give viewers the chance to see a version of Adolf Hitler they most likely never have before. The rap confirms that in addition to writing and directing the film, Waititi is set to play the role of imaginary Hitler, which is described as a goofy, charming version of the Nazi leader who glides through life with a childlike naivety. <laughs> naivety okay yeah guys everything i just said there is real <laughs> okay. yeah i believe it from this guy okay all right you want you want to hear more yeah yeah all right jojo rabbit is set in nazi germany and centers around a 10 year old boy who is eager to join hitler's ranks during world war ii the movie features two versions of hitler the first is the actual hitler will of course be portrayed in an unsympathetic light and the second is the imaginary version according to the rap the imaginary hitler is created by the 10 year old boy out of the nazi propaganda he is subjected to on a daily basis which explains why he is depict uh, why his depiction is charming the character is also inspired by the boy's reverence for his missing dad and um so Scarlett Johansson is actually going to be playing the boy's mother in the film, and she is hiding a young Jewish girl in the home. This movie sounds all sorts of fucking out there. Yeah, all it does. sorts yeah, it of fucking. does. And like, why is very, it called very like shades of like Mel Brooks, Mighty Python, yeah. some of the like crazy comedy stuff they try to do with like Hitler? But why is it called Jojo Rabbit? <laughs> Was that the imaginary friend? Yeah, is it? Well, I thought the imaginary friend was Hitler. Yeah, but maybe the kid calls him Jojo Rabbit. The kid's an idiot. 
Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> he's imagining his friend is Hitler. Of course he's an idiot. Yeah, he's been fooled by propaganda yeah. and thinking Hitler is like a really crazy, fun, cool guy. Yeah. So I think, like, I think, of course, like, as the story unfolds and the kid learns more about, you know, the real Hitler and, like, his mother's cause and her being, like, a sympathizer and things like that, I think, like, he'll start to let go of, like, this fake version of Hitler. I I think this has the chance to be something really inventive and really cool, and it's a brand new concept. It's not based on a book or anything. I think this is all Taika. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's, weird. he's weird enough to come up with it for definite. Yeah. Is this actually getting made for yeah. definite? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Matt, hold on. Matt, okay. Matthew Greenfeld, um, Greenfield from Fox Searchlight said this about Taika and the future of Fox Searchlight and the kind of films that they make there. He said, uh, we believe in Taika as a filmmaker and we felt like this was a movie where we can make it on our scale and the right way. He doesn't have to sand off the edges, doesn't have to change the humor. We hope that any company will value what we do. We like the filmmakers we work with. We could go on, they could go on to make big movies for the main division. So when he says we hope that any company will value what we do, he's basically, he's talking about Disney right there. Um, feel like a lot of people at Fox Searchlight are worried about change. And I, I don't blame them, man. I mean, Fox Searchlight, in my opinion, they've done a lot of great shit. I mean, they've made a lot of great movies. For Fox, uh, Fox Searchlight's done a lot of really good shit. And I'm kind of worried to see that change. Like, they did um, The Shape of Water, Isle of Dogs, um, Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri was another one, Slumdog Millionaire, Juno, Little Miss Sunshine. These are all great films. In my opinion, uh, Black Swan. A lot of people love Black Swan, and it's like I, I don't want to see Fox Searchlight go away after this Disney acquisition, and us not get um, some of these wild out there movies that uh, that they brought us. So, yeah, Rupert Murdoch is the real villain here. He's he's who's fucking all these people over. Decided to wash his hands with all this stuff. Mm. You know. Is it Bob Iger? Who's he worked for? Disney. Yeah, he's. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I read something the other day that because um, you know he's leaving and everything. Yeah, I read that the guy that they're replacing him with is possibly going to be Rupert Murdoch's son. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. So, it's <laughs> like, that's really odd. I hope that's not <laughs> like, true. They, you know, they're, they're going to buy Fox, but Disney's going to have... Well, it's really strange. Mm. So, that's, yeah. that's, that's a worry as well. I mean, he washed his hands of this company, and that's what he wanted to do. So, yeah, he, he, had, he had no love for the Searchlight Project in the end. Yeah. So, he's, he's the true villain here. <laughs> that's, I, see, I'm a bad guy. I, oh god, I just wish that, I don't want to, oh god, I don't want to see Fox Searchlight end, you know? I, no, man, no, they brought out too much good yeah. stuff. Oh, it scares me. I, I'm just so glad that there's still companies like A24 that are making really good, I love A24, I fucking love A24. Like Lady, What do they do? Lady Bird, Moonlight. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, Here's what gives me hope, is I think Disney's done a pretty good job when they get these new acquisitions 
of creating separate divisions for these new acquisitions. Like a la Disney buys Marvel and then, you know, they have this. They mm-hmm. get the Kevin Feige, they have that thing going. You know, they get the Star Wars, they get the Kathleen Kennedy. Maybe when maybe they are gonna have separate wings making separate kinds of movies. It that's to me that's not an unheard of thing. And there's plenty of reasons why they would want to do that. I mean, making money, prestige and awards and just, you know, making more movies. I, I don't think it's completely out of the left field that Disney doesn't continue this project in some way or another. That is best case scenario. That's agreed. That is best case scenario. And I would love that. And if that happens, fantastic. But, um, you know, if we, if we end up, if we end up losing Fox searchlight, it'll be, it'll be, I mean, I don't know. It'll, it'll, it'll suck. It really does. I, I hate this change because I, you know, they, They've made some really great movies. I've gone to I've gone to the theater and been really entertained by some of the a lot of the films that I've seen from Fox Searchlight over the past year uh, over the past uh, few years. So um, I that's best best case scenario. It could happen. It could not happen. We don't know. So we'll just, it's a wait and see. So. I agree. I agree. I just you paint Disney as the Darth Vader so much, and I just want to let it be known. I think that people Murdo- take Murdoch that. Is I think people take that from me. All over this. I think people take that from me. I, that I paint Disney as the Darth Vader. I don't, I'm just, I report the news and I report like what, what's happening and what I would miss if it goes away. I don't think that that makes me Darth Vader. I think that that makes me basically, instead of like trying to sugarcoat everything, that's baking, I'm just saying like this could happen. And Disney has done some fucked up shit. I'm not, they're not perfect. No, I agree. I agree. I just, my perspective is that Fox killed Searchlight. It's whether or not Disney resurrects it. We'll see. We shall see. You know. So, um, uh, see here. Greg Nicotero, who writes and directs and does the makeup on The Walking Dead, he talked with uh, Fandom and uh, he pitched a, a series idea. I don't know how serious this is, but he says, quote, the one thing that the comic book does great is when they introduce the cold weather in the winter. I had even written some webisodes that took place with a frozen zombie herd. And I think that our hopes are, my hopes would be that we would get into an entirely different location, like a cold weather scenario. Because you, because frozen zombies are fucking awesome until they thaw out and then you're screwed because they would freeze and thaw out and they would be fine. And I'm like that, I'm reading that. I'm like, that's a cool concept. I don't know if you need a whole fucking show about it yeah it's gonna lose its kind of appeal after one yeah. episode right yeah. yeah they need to just take and throw it into the current series they already got right give us something new with that yeah it's well i mean they're all in like where are they now located as far as like you got one you got one group with the fear of the walking dead as far as i know they've been in california and then you've got the other group that's like they were in D.C. I think maybe they're in Virginia now. I don't yeah, know. I think they're in Virginia. Yeah. yeah. Alexandria so, area. Yeah. So, you know, you're not going to get those cold winters there. It's not going to be like fucking Siberia and shit. So, you know, I don't I don't know. It's like I, th- I think that, uh, you know, I think as far as like people, be, their excitement level for like Game of Thrones spinoffs are kind of like we're hopeful. But like as far as like Walking Dead spinoffs, I don't know if people really give a shit. Not the way the yeah. show has been going at this point. I mean, it is getting kind of stale, I, I, in my opinion, of course. But um, it doesn't 
it, when it gets stale like that, I think it kind of just draws everybody away from anything extra they're wanting to give us. I the last episode. There were things I liked, some things I hated. The episode before that I, I enjoyed. But this last episode yeah. drove me fucking crazy. Every time <laughs> fucking uh every time uh Lenny James's character of Morgan would see that one ghost guy, you know what yes. you know what oh you God. did. You know uh. what you know what you need to do. <laughs> I was like, What the what the <laughs> fuck is going on? This is so dumb. <laughs> I said the same thing. I was like, um are they gonna explain this or is he just gonna keep repeating himself? <laughs> it's so weird. It's <laughs> oh, fucking weird. But anyway, um they uh they're even teasing a series that could be set outside of America and in Europe. Um so uh the only time that we've seen the Walking Dead set outside of America. Did you guys read the comic, The Alien? No, no. It was um, it's it's a Walking Dead comic. It was it was set in Barcelona. It wasn't written by Kirkman. It was actually written by Brian K. Vaughn and drawn by Marcos Martin. And um, it's about uh, Jeff Grimes, who is Rick Grimes' brother, who was actually teased in the Walking Dead issue number three. And he's in Barcelona. He meets this woman named Claudia. She's like a museum curator, and she shows up to save him from these zombies. And she's dressed in actual, like, knight's armor. And <laughs> she's, a, she's, a, she's a museum curator, so she has access to that shit. So she hears that. She tells him she's like, She's like, I hear in America they have the government in America has a way to contain the virus. So they're trying to get back to America, and they it's it's a cool story. Like they go in the in the sewers, they try to avoid walkers um, that have taken over like the surface and shit like that. And um, it's like at the end of this book. Uh, it reveals, he reveals like his name's Jeff and his, his brother is like a, uh, police officer that works in Georgia and he's got like a, you know, a nephew and all that stuff that he hasn't seen in a long time. But it, it was a digital release only on, uh, panelsyndicate.com and it's, it's free to read if you want to read it there for free. So it's kind of cool, but, uh. Yeah, I like that. I, I could see that, that being a cool thing, even if they maybe like, dipped off of the walking dead for a season or something and just gave us something different for a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I dropped off of fear after the first season and maybe, maybe, maybe having it take place in another country would be kind of interesting, but what do you think? Dan? Most, oh. I think that they just need to, if they're going to do that, don't go back in time. You know, it has to be like current. It has to be people that have been living with this whole thing for as long as the guys in The Walking Dead have done. Because when Fear came out, yeah, we, you know, we'd had like you know a few seasons of The Walking Dead, and people would kind of become used to the walkers, and they knew how to deal with them. And it was all the other threats, you know, it was all everything else that was like way more poignant in the story. And that's what the real danger was. And then you go back to Fear, which I I've watched season one and two, and in the first season of Fear, it's just like everyone's a fucking idiot because you've, <laughs> you, you've been watching for years all these people like changing into badasses and taking out shitloads of zombies at the same time you know with a knife and then you go back to fear and it's like all these twats just running around not knowing what the hell they're doing and it's so frustrating trying to watch it it's um so if they did it in 
like you know like the current time period where you know things have been going down for a number of like a year or two then yeah sure the, why not bring in some new characters but uh, to be honest man i don't want them to do another spin-off i can't see the point i know that um apparently morgan is gonna like cross over yeah into yep. fear so but I, I don't know why uh, or how the hell it's going to happen unless it's like a prequel to what he's doing now you know maybe it might be you know when he's wandering as we've seen in the you know normal walking dead that he goes over there but how the fuck is he going to go to california or you know when are they going to get to georgia is i yeah it's dumb i don't know why they bother just stick with the main fucking series and you know put your put your effort into that I don't know. It's, it's their cash cow. It's, you know. Yeah, exactly, man. That's all it is. It's just like trying to like make as much money as possible. And we, in the first series of Fear was, was bad. It wasn't very good. And it, as a viewer, it was incredibly frustrating to watch. So, I mean, that's, I gave it two seasons because, you know, because I'm such a huge fan of the original show and everything. And it, it got a bit better, but it's, it's nowhere near. You can't compare. Fear one and two to you know Walking Dead one and two oh, especially no. one. Oh no, it's yeah. yeah. So, but oh. see, for me, like when season three started, season three uh, honestly is the best season they've had for Fear, and I don't know if it's just because the Walking Dead kind of slowed down for me, but or if it, it it's just I I don't know. It finally moved past all the like you said, Dan the the you know set up and the first time you know they're seeing walkers and everything like that and yeah but season three i mean they started really diving into the characters and stuff and it, it i mean it it definitely has improved a lot i don't yeah. want the morgan crossover though i don't i don't get that no you don't need it and it, like i said man it doesn't like really make any damn sense like Not travel time wise oh god did you see like when they made the announcement like they were at like a there's a panel and like lenny james was there and they're making the announcement that he's making the 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 move over to fear the walking dead he looks yeah. like somebody fucking like like shit in his cereal basically he looks so <laughs> sad it's sad it's really sad see yeah. i was hoping for an abraham crossover i was hoping he we were gonna get like his pre-story like he was from like you know west texas or something and somehow saw them you know yeah i miss that guy abraham was awesome yeah. abraham was awesome all right last story in the news section and we'll take a break here but uh, uh here's another story that We've been talking about since like nearly the inception of pop culture leftovers, Bill and Ted three. So this week, Ooh. Entertainment Weekly reunited Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter, who played Bill and Ted, of course, and then the two writers for both of the two previous films, Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon, to talk about the possibility for a third film. And what we know is we know it's been written, and Matheson and Solomon wrote it for free they they didn't charge a fee they wrote it for free this is a passion project and all four of them are in are in agreement that this is the script that they're all happy with so what is the film about the article from entertainment weekly said the result of their efforts is a script titled bill and ted face the music which finds our intrepid explorers still struggling to complete the great work of their life at the end of Excellent Adventure, futuristic mentor Rufus 
told the teens that they would write music that would turn the world into a utopia. Quote, you're told you're going to save the world, Matheson said, and now you're 50 and you haven't done it. Now they're married and it affects their marriages and it affects their relationship with their kids and it affects their everything. Keanu Reeves says, everyone's a little older now, a little afraid. There's certain comparisons, says Alex Winter, a rock band that never goes to the place it thought it was going to get, having that moment in their life of going, do we try to get there or give up the dream? So, um, I, Dan, James, I haven't talked to you guys about Bill and Ted. Are you guys fans? Did you grow up being fans of the Bill and Ted? Go for it, James. Um, I, I remember watching them. It's not something I've gone back to recently at all but i i mean i really thought they were fun movies so i'm okay i would love to see it i like keanu reeves a lot though too so (laughs) you're not a fan jesus christ that was basically like yeah i saw it once whatever you're not a fan fuck off Uh, (laughs) wow (laughs) i mean i was three years old when it came out so give me a break yeah well you know it's it's only been out for 30 fucking years james it's on fucking hulu get on that shit i watched it today asshole um I did watch it. I did watch I did watch it today. You're fine. You did. I did. I watched it today. All this news of Bill and Ted inspired me to watch Bill and Ted again and I watched it today. I love this. The one. first one or the second one? The first one. I love Bogus Journey too. So Okay. But I love it. Mm. No, I just wasn't like, like like when I asked like if you like Bill and Ted, you're just like, Yeah, I like Keanu Reeves and I've seen it. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, I'm like, like I said, I saw it a long time ago. I saw it a long time ago. It had Bill and it had Ted in it. And it, I like Keanu Reeves. My name's James Hop. I mean, that's basically what I heard. And I wasn't impressed. So, All right, well, I hate Bill and Ted. And I hope they don't make this movie, actually. <laughs> All right, fine. Finally, finally, I'm getting a real fucking answer out of you. Jesus. Finally. Yeah, some, I wish Keanu Reeves would just stick to making more John Wick movies. There's no passion left in our in our marriage, James. <laughs> so I got I to gotta be mean to get any passion out of you. Uh, Dan, well, you what, be making up some better buttercream for me then. Uh, <laughs> buttercream? Oh, buttercream. Uh, hey, Dan. Buttercream. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I didn't do the accent. So. <laughs> Dan, what do you think about um, James Hopp and his ridiculous bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> Dan, no. <laughs> what do you think about Bill and Ted? And I'm looking uh, forward to seeing you two with all of you guys. <laughs> uh, Bill and Ted. Um, hmm. Uh, Don't fuck yeah, around. Uh, no, no, I, I fucking love it, man. I, I, I was gonna do my station impression, but I just can't. But yeah, I know I, I watched the first one so many times, yeah. and I've probably watched Bogus Journey even more than that. I, wow. I love them both. Yeah, I think they're brilliant just fun films and when i was a kid and i saw them like the whole time travel thing just blew my mind it was like watching back to the future but even more insane and getting all those people from history i absolutely love it so any more bill and ted bring it the fuck on 
I'm I'm right there. Like and and this is another one of those things where like like uh don't act like it's sacred. I mean it is to in a sense, but like even if Bill and Ted 3 comes out, if it does get made and it's and it, it's fucked up, it's not going to ruin the first two for me. They tried. This is the script that they wanted and and I want to see it get done. But um in October of last year, Keanu Reeves was actually talking uh, at a convention and he gave more details about the movie and he said the future comes back and says if you don't write the song by this certain time, the universe is going to unravel and history and everything is going to change and dinosaurs are going to walk the earth. And so he goes on to say like, and he says, Jesus is playing baseball. All sorts of weird things start unraveling and wormholes are twisting. We have to kind of bring order back and it's connected into bringing our families together by writing a song. I mean, it's edgy. There's a great scene where Bill and Ted are in jail and we're seeing our future us's and they're all tatted and hard. They're like tough sounding. What's up, dude? Hey, dude. Hey, guys. Stop calling me dude. <laughs> that's, that's the quote. Um, they went, they want to beat up Bill and Ted because they've inherited the life that they fucked up. They're miserable and they hate Bill and Ted. There's some funny stuff. Um, so, uh, They've had Dean Parasat attached to direct this film for years. And as far as I could find out, he's been attached to it to direct it for at least over half a decade. And he's the wow. he's the Galaxy Quest director. Oh, oh that's shit. Good stuff. And um as and they even mentioned in the EW article that he's still involved in the project. And I mean, if you go back over, I think like six, seven years ago, they're still talking about Dean Parasite being attached to this. And Steven Soderbergh will be a producer on it if it's ever made. The biggest problem that they've had with this film is financing. And the first movie was 10 million and it made 40. The second million, second movie was $20 million and it made 40. Well, what made 38? Um, so. The budget on this one has been high as far as like the script that has been written. Alex Winter, like he once said that if things are uh, the way that they're written in the script, if this movie got made, it would cost $400 million. And Whoa. I, I think it's a stretch. <laughs> I think he said that. I, I think that's an exaggeration, but I think that with they're talking about dinosaurs and 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 all these things walking the earth and all these crazy special effects. I think that it's not crazy to think that this movie could be a little over could be north of 200 million so yeah i mean the only thing that i not that i worry about but just like the thing that i was i always think about when we talk about bill and ted 3 is is rufus that's it's the only yep. thing because like george carling he's not in it that much but he's such an integral part of it that i was just thinking like you know would they like talk about rufus or would they have someone yes replace him in the role or if they would just get someone completely new from the future to like come back and be you know be like their kind of their caretaker i've sort yeah. of thing. i've done some research on this dan and the only thing that i could find and it was on reddit there is a like a bill and ted fan site on there and it's um, there's a Reddit user, Willow Hannah, and she literally knows everything. I don't know if she's read the script or something. It's crazy. Um, she knows everything about Bill and Ted. And 
somebody posted, hopefully George Carlin will get the tribute he deserves in this film. And Willow Hanna, she put, he will be, he will be actually, um, oh no, no, no. Somebody posted her quote. Um, Willow Hanna stated in another post, he will be actually only in one scene when Bill and Ted go back to talk to their younger selves. They're using footage from the previous movies. So it will be Keanu, Alex, and George all playing their characters. I think it's a great way to have Rufus in the movie. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, that does sound nice. Yeah, they they would have to have some mention of him, and I would hope they wouldn't like try to have someone else play the character. I would hope it would be a different character. No, they're gonna have they're gonna have they're gonna use old footage. They're gonna they're gonna take old footage of uh, of George Carlin. I think they're gonna what they the, the hope is to probably do it kind of like what Disney did with uh, Tarkin, right? A little bit, okay. of, a little bit of that with the old footage. Like if you watch like the original meeting of um, of Rufus at the Circle K, I think that's my, that might be it. They might use that footage there from like the original Circle K meeting with Rufus. Did you guys know? Hold on, I'll tell you that. Do you guys want to? Oh, uh, let me finish this story. Um, I'll finish the story and then I'm going to tell you something that'll blow your fucking minds. But um, Solomon, Ed Solomon, uh, here's the quote that we need to remember from the Entertainment Weekly article. He said, we are hoping to close a deal with some financers. Hopefully within the next month or so, we'll have that news that will stick. So that's the biggest quote I've ever heard from this story is that within the next month or so, they're hoping to get deal, a deal from some financers. And I think it does help to have the article in um, in Entertainment Weekly. It brings some, like, public awareness that they that they want to do this. So, you know. Agreed. Um, yeah, and I hope those financers see that, you know, people are interested in this story. It's getting tweeted and, and things like that. I think that always kind of helps is, like, public interest. Because I want to see this get made. I really do. Um Fuck. Did you guys know? Okay, a couple things. Ed, uh, Ed Solomon and Chris Mathis. Chris Matheson. If you watch the original Bill and Ted, do you remember when Napoleon is eating the ice cream, the Ziggy Piggy scene? Uh, James, yeah. James, you won't remember it because you were fucking three. <laughs> but anyway. Um, and that movie was terrible. So oh, I don't fuck remember. you. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Everybody thinks I'm really angry. I'm really not. Um, <laughs> but anyway. That, that scene with uh, the two servers, the waiters, um, one is called Ugly Waiter and one is called Dumb Waiter in the in the credits. That's Ed Solomon and Chris Matheson. Those are the guys that pin the Ziggy Piggy patch on, <laughs> on Napoleon that go, Ziggy Piggy, Ziggy, Ziggy. Those, Piggy. Yes. <laughs> that's, Chris, that's Ed Solomon and Chris Matheson. Also, I'm going to blow your mind with this. I, not a lot of people know this, but in the original Bill and Ted, Rufus never introduces himself to Bill and Ted as Rufus. It never happens. The first meeting with Rufus that they have when they meet at the Circle K, Bill and Ted, the future Bill and Ted that we see that meet the past Bill and Ted, they introduce Rufus to Bill and Ted. They're like, 
Listen. Hey, Rufus! Yes. Hey, Rufus. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Listen to this guy, Rufus. He knows what he's talking what about. Talking about, yeah. yes. <laughs> that's yes. a really good point. But we follow their whole journey after that throughout the movie, and they never learn his name. Oh, wow. <laughs> the first mention of Rufus's name comes out of Bill and Ted's mouth, but throughout their journey that we watch, it's a paradox. We never... Rufus never tells him their name. It's yeah. when you watch it with that knowledge and you get to the second time that the, of the, the second meeting at the Circle K, it's weird. It's really weird, but it's kind of cool. It's a cool paradox. I love That's it. That's nice, man. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's really fucking That's cool. cool. Yeah. I was just looking at the, I don't know. Did you watch the Ben and Ted um, Excellent Adventures, the cartoon. Did Bill you know and Ted, Excellent Adventure. It's yeah. a party, that's for sure. Bill and Ted's Most Excellent Adventures. No, I never watched it. No, you never watched it? <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking at like the cast and everything, and George Carlin, Keanu Reeves, and Alex Winter did the voices for all the characters on the first 13 episodes. Yep. Yeah. That's so cool. One of the funniest scenes from that show that fucking slayed me when I was a kid was they were in a plane that was getting ready to crash and hit the ground and I know what you're gonna say yeah and they were like they were like and like I, I forget if it, was, if it was Bill or Ted but they were like trying to figure out how they're gonna get out of this one without crashing in the plane and like I'll just say Bill looks at Ted and he goes before the plane crashes dude let's just jump out and roll <laughs> <laughs> And that's what they right before the plane crashes, they jump out and they duck into like a tuck and roll. Be <laughs> fine, and they, and they were totally fine. It was hilarious. But James, smart move. Yeah, James, you wouldn't appreciate that anyway. No, not at all. Um, yeah. Oh, I hope this gets made, man. Yeah. I really yeah. do. Oh, I me see too. Them tip back. Me too. Me too. James, are you like? Are you, why are you so anti Bill and Ted? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it started at a young age. Uh, I, was, I was three. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta listen to this fucking story again. <laughs> All right, guys, let's uh, let's take a break. Come back and do Marvel news. Station, station, <laughs> yes. <laughs> back and i'm bitching to james hoff about his bill and ted experience <laughs> anyway i want to get this i want to get this no it's not the fact it's not the fact that it's not the fact that like you haven't watched it in years it's the fact that you tried to play it off like it had like a like a little place in your heart when honestly it, like when i heard like you like reiterate to me like uh like the way you felt in your memories about but there was nothing there there was nothing behind that that was like that was like, uh, you know, that was like, you know, like, like a woman asking you, like, hey, how do you, do you like this dress? And you're just like, yeah, whatever. You know? Yeah. I mean, it sucked. So, whatever. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, you beat him down. It's just a shitty movie now. Oh man. No, I think I I think there is a there's a nostalgia factor. I really do think that there is. I was kind of curious, like you know, if you didn't grow up with it, if you if you would appreciate it. And I know you do your podcast, Rock with Hop, and there's a lot of really great rock music in that. You know, I was more of a Wayne's World guy myself. Wayne's World. I saw. Yeah, I was a Wayne's World guy too. I saw that in the theater. I enjoyed it, but. uh I remember watching Bill and Ted and having my mind blown when they did the time travel trick where they were like, after we do this, mm-hmm. we have to come back to the police station yeah, yeah. and put the key under this desk and all that stuff. I, I didn't understand it when I was a kid. And like, the not... more I watched it, I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. But it, does, it's, <laughs> it still doesn't make sense to me, Dan. It doesn't make sense to me. OK, like I understand. Rufus tells them that even though you are traveling through time, time in San Dimas doesn't stop. So you have to be back on time. Yeah. Dude, I don't I don't fucking get that. Like like I like James Cameron and Zemeckis time travel. Like okay, I would go with I would go with James Cameron time travel and Terminator as number 1. Like that's like James Cameron has hit mastery level of time travel and how to explain it to people. And then I would say, like, right under that, just like a shade, like, just like a hair underneath that is, uh, fucking Zemeckis with, like, Back to the Future. And then, like, way, 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 way under that is the Bill and Ted time travel. It's fucking weird, dude. I don't fucking, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. Because, you know, Ted's saying, like, Ted's saying, like, so yeah, we'll leave the keys over here. And it's like, they go to the sign and the keys are there, but they never really did that. They just said that they did that. And it's like, yeah, they, but never... they, they do it all afterwards. That's the whole point. So I... they say, you know, <laughs> we'll get the keys from your dad's yeah. stash and then we'll put them here tonight after we get home. The whole fucking movie's a paradox. They never even learn Rufus's name. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds to me like you just haven't watched it enough, Brian. To... Ooh. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, no, it's just one of it's one of those things where like I think that, that Rufus kind of like really he like if you listen to the like the the logistics of the time travel in the Bill and Ted movies, it's it's crazy because I, I like it. It's just weird. It doesn't doesn't make sense to me. Like the time in San Dimas doesn't stop. You can go anywhere in time. You can go anywhere in time. You can spend five hours in fucking like medieval England, but. When you come to San Dimas, those five hours have passed. It doesn't matter. Those five hours have passed. Like you can yeah. even you can even go back to five hours. You can go back to the exact same time, but you're gonna bump into your old self at that time. And time yes. is time is still gone forward. It it fucks with my brain, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I always I always liked that. Like obviously, as I grew up and kind of. You know, understood filmmaking a bit better, and I was like, yeah. okay, so that's like that they kind of had to do that to yeah. actually, you know, make it so they had a time limit. Because yeah. having a time machine, it wouldn't matter. They could literally arrive just as they left, like uh-huh. with all the guys in the phone box. Oh but my God. it's not, it's not their original timeline. So that's what they put it down to, isn't it? You know what? I, you know what I loved about those movies is like Missy in the first movie is oh dating. My God. Missy in the first movie is married. <laughs> to bill's dad 
And by the yeah. time you get to the second movie, she's she's with Ted's dad. Yeah. Oh yeah, I had that really awkward scene. That's one of the best parts. Of the, no, the first movie, the part that's still fucking. Sli- I watched it this morning. I swear to you, I swear to you, I watched it this morning. And the part that still had me like hollering and hooping out loud is when is when um, Bill, Bill's dad. Closes the door in Bill's room. He's gonna fuck Missy in Bill's room. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that part fucking slays me. Like he, oh god. I can't believe your dad, your Missy, divorced your dad yeah. and married mine. Oh my god. <laughs> One of the best jokes in the first movie is when Mister Ryan was asking him history questions, and he t- he asked he asked Tad. He goes. Who was Joan of Arc? And he goes, no, his wife. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good guess. (laughs) So fucking good. I love it. I love the second one though. All the stuff in like hell and heaven. I I love all that as Mm -hmm. well. (laughs) Just do the fucking song lyrics to get in through the gate. They were oh god yeah. (laughs) They quoted like poison lyrics. Like every rose has its thorn. (laughs) Yeah, like every cowboy sings a sad, sad sad song. song. (laughs) Every rose has a thorn. Oh, that's great. I fucking. Oh my god, I fucking love that fucking shit. Anyway, guys, it's, uh, it's time for Marvel news. Jesus Christ, I could talk Bill and Ted for the rest of the episode. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Fuck you, James. <laughs> oh man! All right, time for Marvel news. Marvel news. Marvel news. Uh, what the fuck is going on uh, with uh, Fox? The Fox Marvel side, is, Marvel side, as far as like, uh, did I lo- who do who do we lose there? You lost me. Are you back? Yeah, I'm back now. I don't know what happened. I just dropped the call though. Wow. Uh, not enjoying the uh, episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my my device apparently is it okay. I was just saying, I mean, I'm sticking around. I don't know why you would. <laughs> I've just been ber- berating you this entire episode, James. So, no, I think it's it's a rite of passage. It, it's your first episode of PCL. You've got to you've got to go through the fire, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. All men must go through the fire. Exactly. Yep. I don't know if you remember my first episode, which was episode 100, and I ended up singing you that song that my granddad taught me, and it was that old farmer's song, and you, there was this huge pause after I finished, and just like, yeah, less of that. <laughs> <laughs> it just went on for so long. Everyone was just shitting on me. <laughs> Oh man! Oh. Uh, you can tell it still affected you to this day. Too. Oh yeah, that. Man. that was four years ago. Oh man! You know, <laughs> oh, gosh, I, I, I'm gonna go. No, we can't. I can't go down these rabbit holes. Anyway, all right. Marvel news this week, guys. Uh, Marvel, uh, the Fox side. What's going on? Uh, New Mutants and X Men: Dark Phoenix. 
are getting different release dates. Uh, <laughs> Comicbook.com had an article about it. X-Men Dark Phoenix is going to see some considerable changes before its release. As sources tell Comicbook.com that the Simon Kinberg-directed film is in need of multiple weeks' worth of reshoots to change significant story points in the film. After the testing the film, after testing the film, 20th Century Fox has elected to bring the film back into production ahead of its release. They will have a significant roadblock in doing so. However, it's as its titular Dark Phoenix actress Sophie Turner will be heavily tied up with obligations to Game of Thrones final season through September. The film has already been pushed back to Valentine's Day in 2019. 20th Century's Fox's other property, New Mutants, is also in the process of even more significant reshoots. After having its release date delayed nearly an entire year, the film will add a, a few new characters to round out the movie, as well as make it scarier, overhauling the majority of the film. Almost half of the movie is supposedly being reshot. The original version of the film was directed. So, so, sorry, what? Half the movie? Yeah. Um, let me, let me, here's what I'm hearing. I'm, I'm hearing that, um, comic book, comic book.com is saying that Josh Boone was happy with his cut, but Fox wasn't. And Fox wanted it to be scarier because they saw it and they want it to be more like that. And so they ordered reshoots and a new character. And at the end of the day, the reshoots could make up 50% of the film. Is That's the rumor that I'm here. Whoa. Yeah. So Wow. That, that's the movie. Is it still going to be the original director involved? Josh Boone is still involved. Uh, he has not been dropped off the project. They haven't done like a... Uh, you know, Phil Lord, Chris Miller, Ron Howard thing where they're, you know, bringing somebody else in. As far as I know, they could be doing kind of like the Gareth Edwards thing, though, with Rogue One, where they bring in, you know, a different director to finish everything and don't tell everybody. You know, we don't. Yeah, I don't they know. like that one. They do. They're big fans of that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so both of these films are being pushed back. Um one of the films are getting pushed back a second time. You know, we we were supposed to. My theater still has a New Mutants poster in the lobby, teasing the April. <laughs> Mom did too Wednesday yeah. night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some theaters still have the New Mutants poster teasing that 2018 April date, and I mean, it got pushed forward to like pushed back to um, February of 2018. Now it's it's being passed pushed back even further. Um, so to, uh, August 2nd, 2019. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) um, what the fuck? (laughs) The poster thing cracks me up. That's funny. You have to think that, you know, 50% of the film sounds about right. If you're pushing it back like a year, that that's nuts. Yeah, I agree. Is it, it is the nuts. fact that that it comes out and it is like the new standard? Fuck off. Knock it off. Right? Yeah, it's not it's not that scary. But it, thank it's done you. very well. But it's Jake, not that I, scary, man. I know Jake loved the uh, Jake, I know you love the movie. I'm not taking anything away from you. I'm glad you did no, enjoy it. Even I didn't say I thought it was scary. But like that's the thing that they're going for. That's that's every 
the rumors that were originally brought to us before about reshoots were the fact that they wanted to make it more it like and make it more scary. And now here we are again with them pushing it up, pushing it back again. And same, same new story, same new story that they want to make it more it like they want, they want to make it more scary. They're adding more characters now. It's not, I don't know, you know, before it was just like, oh, they're adding one more new character. Now they're adding multiple characters. Now Sophie Turner's schedule is all involved as well with her Game of Thrones, and that's going to affect this. Like, she wants to, oh, that's with Dark Phoenix, but, uh, God, do you think she wants to just fucking, like, leave this behind her at one point? Yeah, it's probably a big pain in the ass at this point, you gotta She's like, I'm doing you a favor by doing this. (laughs) Please leave me alone. Um, but yeah, yeah, New Mutants and Dark Phoenix, I think, I think it's fucked from the get go. Um, oh yeah. So, <laughs> but X Men Apocalypse was yeah. so bad. Yeah. I, it's for as much as like, I'm not a big fan of like the direction that the New Mutants movie's taking, to be quite honest with you. I would like, cause I would like it more traditional like magic in my film. I, I love that character and I wanted to see her more of like her comic book comic book persona on screen um i don't want the movie to fail it's not like i'm rooting for it to fail so no if they can pull it off it'd be cool like in a Mm -hmm. a perfect world if they can blend a comic book superhero movie with a horror movie and it actually delivers then yay that's cool fuck yeah Yeah. man i mean the chron trank did it with chronicle with like uh um with superhero movies and uh you know uh, found footage films yeah, exactly. I mean, best case scenario, something we can see something really cool here. Yeah, and as far as Dark Phoenix goes, I yeah. don't know why they're making it because the Apocalypse yeah. was that bad and was absolutely critically like destroyed. It's just, and a, yet they thought, oh yeah, well we'll make another one. It's just a way to wrap up the singer verse, man. I really feel yeah. like it's just a way to wrap up the singer verse, and then like. By 2021, we're going to get the X-Men in the, in the Marvel films in the MCU. Yeah. So. I reckon so. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> I love this next story. And, uh, for as much as people are saying that, uh, the Gambit movie, you know, losing directors <laughs> and getting delayed and being pushed back, it's still getting talked about. And I'm still thinking that it's going to happen. Omega Underground had a new report. Despite the production halt after the exit of Gambit's former director, Gore Verbinski, things seem to be chugging along as we reported last month that 20th Century Fox planned on still moving forward this summer in New Orleans, Louisiana. Omega Underground has learned that Gambit's new production start date is June 19th. They also still plan on filming in New Orleans, which will see Captain Marvel filming there in coming months. Uh, it's been assumed that the stage work will take place at Big Easy Studios, where Logan did a bunch of their filming. This would suggest that 20th Century Fox might be looking to announce a new director in the very near future. Uh, Hollywood Reporter recently reported that the studio was looking to get a new script this month and was looking to budget the film. This new production date gives the impression that this indeed has happened. So... Channing Tatum is is very much attached to play Gambit, and um, <laughs> Dan, I know you think that this isn't going to happen, but man, I I'm still thinking it's I'm still thinking it's going to happen, man. 
Okay. Um, I said this on the army page and I said it on the PCL page, but I yeah. want to get this down recorded. Yeah. If this movie happens, yes. I, don't, I don't make a lot of money, yeah. but I will tweet Channing Tatum when it's released and I will say, I promised I would give like 50 pounds, which is about $75, to a charity of your choice. If this movie ever comes out, mm-hmm. I want to get that. I want to get that on the podcast. If it comes out, I will give seventy five dollars to any charity that he wants me to because it's never gonna fucking happen. It's not gonna happen. I don't care what these reports say. It's not gonna happen. Jake, it's ridiculous. Jake, what do you think? Oh man, Jake, what do you think? It's a. I'm in a weird position with this one. Um, <laughs> it's because I don't want it to happen. Oh, I do. I want Which it. naturally <laughs> makes me lean towards Dan's opinion, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think there's a lot invested in this. I think if I think they want it to happen, so it's not it's not out of the ballpark yet. I don't think Dan. You seem to think there's no way possible. I don't think it's that cut and dry here. No, I, I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. I think that something will fuck up, and everyone will look at the script and they'll go, "Oh, the script is shit again." I'm leaving. Oh and, yeah, and, that, and they'll just that, be that, gone. And, yeah, yeah, and that that happened when Apocalypse got uh, canceled, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Uh, yeah. Very good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. History is our greatest teacher. Anyway, Gambit, Gambit is hindsight is twenty twenty. Gambit's getting made, buddy. Uh, it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. I don't care what anybody says. I, 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 I you know what? I want this movie to be made. I gotta see it. It's curiosity, I man. Well, I want to see what train wreck is going to be. <laughs> okay, okay. At least we're being honest. Okay, like, okay. I love the fact that you think that it's not getting made. I think that's great. I think that there's a gr- big chance that it's getting made, but um, that. But I also want to see it just for the train wreck. I'm not saying like, oh my god, this is going to be great. Channing Tatum trying to act like he's a, he's a, <laughs> <laughs> like he's like he's Creole and part of the thieves guild and all this shit. Like, I think the movie's going to be terrible, to be quite honest with you. But I gotta oh. see it. I can't. We so many so many times like guys were like 20 years removed. 20 plus years removed from like the Nicolas Cage Superman movie that we always are going to wonder like what that movie would have been like. And like, I don't want any more of those movies. Like for as bad as the Josh Trank movie was the fantastic four film, like for as bad as it was, I'm glad that it exists. I'm glad that if I want to pop it on right now, I can and watch how bad it was. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? I don't want to like wonder to myself, like, is it going to be, was is that going to be bad? Like, no. Like, I know it was crap. So I can watch mm. that crap. I, I'd, I'd erase it from history if I could. No, no. I got to watch that, man. Just like, you know, just like the Corman movie, man. Like, they tried to erase that shit, but it still fucking existed. And the sad part is, is that's better than the Josh Trank film. It really no. is. So, yeah. <laughs> And it didn't do anyone any favors either. No, I want Jake. I mean, I want them to learn from history. I want them to learn from history. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying like, 
the lesson learned from history is don't put the crap out. Right? Yeah, no, we've got we've got enough, Jake. We've got enough. We've got enough. We've got enough uh, comic book movies that are doing great. It's not like I'm worried about comic book movies right now. For as many people that are saying like, oh my god, it, uh, people are getting a comic book fatigue. Fuck off. Uh, Avengers: Infinity War just fucking broke like uh, Fandango records for pre-sales. Shut the fuck up yep. about comic book fatigue. I, I'm fatigued listening to your fucking uh, incessant bullshit rants about comic book fatigue because it's not happening. People are still watching comic book movies. Black Panther broke records. Infinity War is going to break more records. It's just that's just it. So it's it's one of those it's one of those things like I think even if a bad movie comes out like the Trank film, it's not going to sink the whole comic book industry. It's not. It's not. And so I think like for me, just hearing, dude, we've been talking about this fucking Channing Tatum Gambit movie for like the past three years. I gotta (laughs) fucking see it, Jake. I gotta see it. You're a glutton for punishment. That's yes, all I gotta say. yes, I am. I am absolutely. Thank right you, sir. With you. May, thank you, sir. May I have another. That's that's what I'm. <laughs> that's what I'm going to be saying the, the whole time I'm watching Gambit. Dan, you're I right think, there with me. Yeah, man. I think that me and Brian are on the same page as Jake is with the Transformers movies. So you know how like you love the Transformers movies because they're so fucking bad and you just have to see them to see what a mess they are <laughs> that's exactly how i feel about this i watched um the hateful eight like like oh, i don't know a few months ago or something like that and you know channing tatum was in that and he has kind of this kind of creole like new orleans accent thing going on they still can't act like, at all <laughs> and i just watched that and i was like oh my god he should have proved that he could be gambit <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I cannot wait to see him in this. Uh, I see, really the, the difference is, Dan, is that if the next Transformers movie didn't come out, I wouldn't miss it. Okay. No, 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 no. Jake, Jake, Jake. I'm, Jake. I'm they're not going the to stop. Comes out. They're not going to stop making X Men movies. Like, but, but, oh, God forbid they don't make that next Gambit movie. Like, yeah, come on. <laughs> you're not. You're not saying that. I know you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't need to get. I am saying that I don't need the gambit. Movie. We are getting. Hold on, we are not getting. Guys, we are not. If when the MC when Marvel Studios takes over the X Men, we are not getting a gambit movie. Okay, so this is the only way we ever get a gambit movie. Is when, I'm fine with never having a gambit. I gotta have it. I gotta. I gotta. <laughs> add, I gotta add it to the collection. I gotta throw it right up next to the Trank film. You know what I mean? It's like there's there's always gonna Jake on that on that fucking bookshelf on that fucking DVD Blu-ray case that I got. You know, there's always gonna be a missing spot for Superman Lives, oh. written by Kevin Smith, starring Nicolas Cage. It'll never be there. It's 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 a phantom spot on that blue. Yeah, I'm with you there, yeah. man. But yeah. I that I would want to see. This I don't care about. Oh no! Twenty years from now, man, more stories come out about this, man. It, it, I'm not saying that it'll mm. it'll live up to that, but I'm saying like we it'll be one of those things where like oh my god, that's what they were playing. We don't know, dude. We didn't know. Fucking twenty years ago, we didn't know everything about it. But oh my god, 
I would still love man, Superman lives. I would love to see Chris Rock as Jimmy Olsen. I would love to see Superman take on a gigantic ass spider. They might do the same thing in this movie. We don't know. We don't know. At the end of the movie, the big fucking the big fucking third act of the film might be fucking Gambit throwing fucking a deck of fucking cards at a fucking gigantic spider. We don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm not, I'm not sold. All right. All right. All right. All right. I tried. I tried, Dan. That's all you can do. I mean, this, this movie could mess up so many things. They could introduce Mr. Sinister here and ruin him along with everything else. Did you My hear God, just at the end of the New Mutants, the original cut in that movie, that they were introducing the, – the rumor is that they were introducing Mr. Sinister at the end of that movie in a post credit scene and it was John Hamm playing mr oh that's awesome but uh that's one of the things that they're changing now apparently so i don't know oh god uh, (laughs) all right let's uh what are you doing let's (laughs) fox 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 who knows what they're doing (laughs) fox studios fox studios Studios. yeah (laughs) fox searchlight um (laughs) wednesday morning donald glover tweets for the record I wasn't too busy to work on Deadpool and then goes on to post a mock script that wasn't a real script at all, but jabs at Marvel for not letting it go to series. Um, the first report that we got was creative differences. Then a lot of outlets were speculating that his schedule was too busy to allow him to work on it. That was not true. That's why he came out with the tweet. For the record, I wasn't too busy to work on Deadpool. And a lot of outlets were reporting that this was the actual script for the episode. Now, guys, I'll be honest with you. Like, before I read it, I didn't know. I thought that it was the actual episode. And then I went to a site that actually took screenshots of it, and I I read the whole thing. And that's not what it is at all. And, you know... Number one, you can get into big tr- legal trouble if you really, if you release things like that on Twitter. It's not your intellectual property. Um, and a lot of things, um, in the script were from recent events. So it wasn't something, it was something that he did on the fly. Um, some of the, the things that he references in this script were, Actual, like, recent events that have happened within the past couple weeks. Deadpool in the script is hired to protect the last surviving white male rhino, Sudan. That's, like, a, been a big, like, thing within the last couple weeks. Um, the death of that rhino was a big story. And so, then there's the Tiffany Haddish story about Beyonce being bitten that went viral. That's a brand new story. This is something, like, he hasn't been working on in a long time because like if you look at that script that episode is for the finale episode um yeah i, I read the script yeah. and the, yeah you're exactly right brian you can once you start reading it you could tell that yeah. it's like written that day right or at least that week that week so there's a there's a lot to talk about and pack with this one first um i want to talk about i love how I love it. It's, it's ironic that he proves that he has plenty of time to write a script by writing a 14 page fake one just to throw it up on Twitter. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, yeah. think about that. Like, that nobody's talking about that, but like, that's like the ultimate slap in the face that like people are saying he doesn't have time to write a script. And then 
he writes a fake one, a 14-page fake script just to prove that he does have time to write a script. And uh, I, I, I want to talk about this article. I want, I want everybody to be able to talk about this. But Slash Film's Ethan Anderton wrote about this, and I wanted to read a section on his article that were takeaways from Donald Glover's mock script. Uh, he goes on, uh, Ethan Anderton says, there appears to be plenty of subtext and plain text here in the script that might indicate the nature of the creative differences that resulted in the cancellation of Deadpool. You'll notice that, uh, you'll notice how two of the African protectors of Sudan don't understand the references Deadpool is making, leading the superhero to say, wow, Nothing's landing. Our cultures are so different. We have so much to teach each other. That sounds an awful lot like a cryptic way of pointing out why Donald Glover's scripts for Deadpool may not have been well received. However, the script gets far more blunt and reflective about what happened in the pages to follow. Deadpool gets a text about the show being canceled, and he has a one-sided conversation with Sudan. Deadpool says he doesn't know why he's in this situation. Quote, I think the writer's just mad or bored. Deadpool continues to reflect seemingly as a sort of inner monologue for Glover himself. Quote, you know, I'm not mad about this whole canceled thing. I actually think it's a good thing. I mean, is it even a good time to have a violent gun loving white man ranting on TV other than the president? The conversation with Sudan continues with commentary about what Marvel wanted from the show, perhaps just another way to sell toys. Deadpool talks about how the references might have been geared too much toward a black audience, perhaps alienating white audiences. And this meta script is certainly evidence of why Marvel executives might have thought that. But that's also what makes the prospect of this now canceled series so exciting. Uh, Ethan, Ethan also, then he goes on to say, it's a shame that Marvel seems to have balked at Glover's approach to Deadpool at a time when diversity is king at the box office and appeals to all audiences. Look at how huge Black Panther is, another reference made in the script, and then tell me that a version of Deadpool that has a different cultural perspective wouldn't work today. Um, I want to point out that the script even jabs at Marvel in certain spots. It, um, it says, uh, it just feels like everyone wants something different, but no one wants to do anything different to get it. And it says, uh, doesn't Marvel have enough feel good minority shows everyone supports, but doesn't watch? Um, Stephen Glover has, uh, you know, Donald's brother said in deleted tweets to the rap that they wanted to do a show that would quote, Give Rick and Morty a run for their money. So basically, that just leads to the speculation that it was just kind of too over the top for FX and Marvel. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but that quote right there, give Rick and Morty a run for their money, that just makes me want to see it even more. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's yeah, too bad a, that things wouldn't fall here. What's that, James? I was just saying that's a pretty bold statement to say, and if they felt confident in that, yeah, it would have been great to see it. Yeah, I mean, like that's that's what we want, though. We want uh, we want to see things that I, I want to see things that fucking challenge me. Like earlier, we talked about the Roseanne thing. Like I don't, 
you know, I'm not going to get into politics and shit like that. And, 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 you know, I'm not going to get into like what I agree and what I don't agree with, but I, I want, I want, I want things to challenge me. I don't want to live in a fucking bubble. Yeah. You know, I, you know, so offend me, offend me, make me feel something, give me passion about something, you know? So like that's, uh, if I don't agree with something, it's, you know, I, I have that choice not to watch it or, or, or whatever. And it's one of those things where I feel like they were, they were pushing the envelope. And sometimes think of, like, go back in history, like as far as like some of, like some of the television shows that we've watched in the past and some of the things that we look at now that are silly. Think about, think about this. Think about, um, watching like the Dick Van Dyke show and, um, husband and wife are in separate beds. What, what, what show pushed the envelope with that? The Brady Bunch. That was the first time on network television, any TV for that matter, that a husband and wife slept in the same bed together. And like, yeah. you know, think about that. Think about, think about that. Like, 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 uh, we're going to stop that. We're going to stop. We're going to stop. I don't know. It just, it doesn't make sense. Like Donald Glover and Stephen Glover. Those guys have proven themselves with fucking Atlanta and they've proven themselves as like, we, we, I love, oh, this last episode of the barbershop episode of Atlanta. I don't know if you guys are watching fucking brilliant. One of the best. Oh my God. Like Donald Glover wasn't even in the fucking episode. It was just paper boy. And he was just, he was just fucking going around with his barber who was making up bullshit? Ex- oh my god! It, you'd have to watch this episode. It was fucking brilliant. But it's like, what you know? Like, what if we didn't get shows like Empire on TV because people considered it too black, or Atlanta? We don't get Atlanta because the people considered it too black. And the same thing with Deadpool. This new Deadpool animated series. It's a, it's a fucking shame. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. I I don't know. I. The only thing I can think of is if it possibly it, it could have flo- flown off the ground if it wasn't a Marvel property. If they were trying to do the same the same shtick, but just as an original IP, would it have been as big of a deal? I, I no, I don't think so. I don't. Jake, you're you're right. You know, it's like I understand. It's Marvel. It's their character. They can protect it, and they can. Maybe that's not the that's not the image they wanted to give their character. I get it. It's their character. They have every right to do what they want to do. But um you know we saw what happened when Tim Miller leaked the Deadpool fit footage that they were so ashamed of for some reason. What I I mean like Tim Miller leaked that footage and then the movie gets made. And it, yeah, it doesn't sound like uh, Glover wants to play ball anymore, though. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, do you think there's any salvaging this? Is that what you're talking about? I don't think I. I, I don't. I'm not worried for Atlanta. I think Atlanta is fine. I think uh, we don't. Oh, have yeah. to, I don't think we have to worry about his relationship with the facts. But I do think that he's got his relationship is a little bit strained with like the Marvel side. Um. He's got to understand, though, that that's their character, and they have every right to to make that decision. Um, I, on the other hand, would 
I on the other hand would kind of like to see what he had in mind. Uh, apparently, some of the Deadpool animated series test test footage leaked online. I didn't get to see it though. Um, it was deleted, but CBR did post it. And they said, uh, here's their quote, although a significant portion of the footage is unfinished, we see headshot, we see heads shot off and decapitated, exploding bodies, a katana to the chest, and Deadpool losing all of his limbs. So yes, it's incredibly violent. But it's all, but it's also silly as the Merc with a mouth is flattened like a paper doll before spinning back to his original form. Like a character from a Tex Avery classic. So, I mean, it's a, it's a blend of like wacky comedy, but like with ultra violence, hyper violence. And it's, it's one of those things where I, I don't know. I think it's a shame that we're never going to get to see it. Um, fucking, uh, and that's the thing. I, I think, I think Donald Glover gets it. Like that, the you know, Deadpool, the Merc with the mouth is like, it's, it's, it's a mile in a minute jokes. Um, it's it's a bunch of jokes. It's just rapid fire jokes. Some of them stick and some of them don't. And I think that he gets that. And it would have, I don't know. I mean, I would have loved to have seen this. Oh yeah, I would have loved to have seen it. Seen it too. Yeah, it, it's a shame. Dan, what are you thinking, man? Uh, I'm not too um, familiar with this story. So did Donald and Stephen write the script for the Deadpool animated show, and Disney have now pulled it? Well, okay, so they they did write something, and there was test footage, and and um, Marvel didn't like it. I mean, okay, and then and then he wrote a fake script, posted it on Twitter, which yes. had all of these comments in it. Yes, yes, that I've yes. just been reading. Okay, right. The fake, so, the fake uh, script, the like fake script that. Okay, yeah, the fake script basically made it sound at first, and everybody was saying that. Um, the, a lot of the references in the show were going to be geared towards a black audience. Uh huh. Steven Glover has come out and said that that's basically not the truth. That, that basically it's that, you know, I'm sure some of the jokes were, but on the flip side, Steven Glover basically felt like that they were doing something very over the top and a little bit too over the top and a little bit too, too much for, for Marvel. And, you know, they're trying to one up Rick and Morty and take it to the next level. And it sounds like Marvel's not ready to go that far. Like, and Jake, you bring up a good point that if this was an, like an, like a new IP, which I think they should take their ideas and do that. I really do. I think like. I agree. Yeah. You could do the same thing without the Deadpool character. The exact same thing. Yeah. But like on the flip and on the flip side though, I think like if they did that without the Deadpool character, it's going to show people like how good the Deadpool animated show could have been. Right? Oh, yeah. I agree. I agree. We would all know what it was supposed to be. There's nothing wrong yeah. about reinventing characters. There's nothing wrong about that. Robert Downey Jr. reinvented Iron Man. Jake, you talked last week about how Joe Kelly reinvented Deadpool. That's all Donald yeah. Glover and Steven Glover are trying to do is they're trying to put their own voice and their own spin into Deadpool. There's nothing wrong with doing that. And there's nothing wrong with pushing the envelopes with a character that you can do that with a character that's fourth wall breaking Spider-Man on the other hand. No, I don't want fucking, you know what I mean? I don't want somebody fucking doing some crazy weird shit with Spider-Man. 
you know like i, I don't need i don't need um somebody doing like edgy stuff with spider-man i i wouldn't like that but with a character like deadpool i think it works i think that that's where you take that character but marvel has different marvel has a different idea and that's their character and so we we you know like i think donald has to understand that and i think donald the way that he should fight back is to either try to i tweeted him i tweeted him in dc today i said donald glover should do the harley quinn series yeah, exactly. It seems like that's exactly the vein they wanted that in. Mm-hmm. D- Donald Glover should should be talking to DC about doing the Harley Quinn series. If you, I, and and Warner Brothers would be making a good decision by doing that, in my opinion. Like, oh fuck, they let him do it. Yeah. Well, it, <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. It's like they they should learn from this, though. You know, like Marvel. Oh, Marvel doesn't want him. We'll give him a chance. Like, I, like, you know, like, and they've done some great shit on the animated side with that. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. Dan, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's okay, man. I'm just, just like reading through the comments and what was in the script and everything. It, it just seems like maybe they like touched on a few things, like maybe sort of kind of, um, you know, political things or social things that Marvel wasn't keen on them actually talking about. And then, you know, his fake script that he put up with all these quotes in is, is like his reaction to that. So yeah, it, it just sucks. It really sucks, man. Cause obviously you don't write like 10 episodes of a series that you're, that you're not interested in. Hmm. So like, like you were saying and what he says in his, in his script as well, it's like, the whole thing of people say they want something different but then they don't want to do anything to make anything different so i do feel for the guy i really do it sucks we're not going to see it yeah all right so um let's see let's move on here uh we got an official press release for the filming of captain marvel marvel released official castings for the film some of them we knew and some of them we didn't know uh we did get an official synopsis uh, the story follows Carol Danvers as she becomes one of the universe's most powerful heroes when Earth is caught in the middle of a galactic war between two alien races. Set in the 1990s, Captain Marvel is an all-new adventure from a previously unseen period in the history of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So it's set in the 90s. The film stars uh, Academy Award winner Brie Larson, uh, Samuel Jackson, uh, Ben Mendelsohn, so, uh, he was the villain in Rogue One and villain in Ready Player One, and here he is as the villain, uh, in, um, Captain Marvel. Jaiman Hanshu is coming back from, uh, as, uh, Korath the Pursuer, and we knew that character from Guardians of the Galaxy. Lee Pace comes back as Ronin. Uh, Lashana Lynch. Gemma Chan from Humans and Fantastic Beasts. I love her. She's great. Um, Algenis Perez Soto, Rune Tempte, McKenna Grace from Itanya. She played the young um, Tanya Harding, and she was also in the Chris Evans film Gifted. Uh, Clark Gregg is also going to be in this movie, so Agent Coulson. And then Jude Law is going to be in this one. He's going to be playing uh, Marvell, the um, the alien that gives uh, Captain Marvel her powers. So. Um, basically we're going to see Carol, Carol Danvers get brought into this whole Kree scroll war and 
she's probably going to get to know Nick Fury with a, a younger Nick Fury. Of course, it's set in the nineties. He's going to, he's going to have both eyes. We know that. And she might meet a young agent Coulson. My question is, are we going to get, is, is there any chance that we're going to get Martin Freeman's character of agent Ross in this one? Hmm. I'm trying to think of the time again. 90s. How, how, yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Well, I, I'm trying, what, what's his official division? What's his official title? Well, remember that in black Panther, he tells Shuri and um, and Nakia that he was a pilot, mm. and we see him pilot at the end of Black Panther. Now, what is Carol Danvers? She's a pilot in the Air Force, so I could see them aging him down in this movie and being one of her co-pilots or you know uh, fellow pilots uh, in the Air Force. And that's and that's where we get our first introduction to uh, Martin Freeman's character in the in the timeline. Yeah, I kind of like that idea. Like, why? Yeah, th- I do too. Yeah, why throw him in there as a, as a pilot if you if you're not going to work that in? You know, it makes. I'd be more excited to see more of that character than more of Coulson. That's for sure. <laughs> God, fuck Coulson. Exactly. Yeah. No, don't fuck Coulson. Don't fuck Coulson. <laughs> is he a bad, is he is a bad lay, Dan? Oh, yeah. What, what's the, yeah, he's, what, he's like a game show host. What's the fascination? <laughs> what's the fascination with Coulson? What did he do? What did he do? I don't know. He's just quirky and funny. He's just there. But you, uh, you can't talk to me about that because I'm a Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fan. Oh, so God. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, maybe if I was stuck on, everybody says it gets better, right? That's a, that's what I've been hearing. Yeah, it does. It gets better. Yeah, I'm sure it does. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, let's see here. I, what I'm getting from like this, like I, the, the synopsis of this is that I'm getting is that Carol Danvers is probably brought into this. She's probably debriefed about the Kree Scroll War from Nick Fury. And this could be like very like men in black as far as like two races of aliens fighting in the galaxy. And S.H.I.E.L.D. is trying to work with these aliens to keep the battle away from Earth so that Earth doesn't know that this whole war is going on between the, the Kree and the Skrulls. Yeah, they're, they're going to have to be them. very careful with this because of the timeline and everything. You know what I mean? Because well, the synopsis is saying that like Earth is caught in the middle of a galactic uh, war between two alien races. Yes. You think, well, no one's going to be able to fucking know about it because otherwise we would all know about like the Kree and the Skrull. Exactly. Exactly. And this is the first. This is going to be the first superhero that Nick Fury encounters. Ah. Yeah. So yeah, they're going to have to be super secret on this one. Any yeah. information is going to have to be kept under the lid. Yeah, I was going to echo that same stuff. Like, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, Brian. You have to kind of do a men in blackish, you know, under under the covers. People don't know what's going on for real storyline. Right. Yeah. Or it makes no sense. We've seen the leaked photo of Carol Brie Larson in the green flight suit. So from that, I guess we can kind of assume that she's going to be on the side of the Cree during the film. 
And that makes perfect sense because in the Guardians of the Galaxy, we never see or hear from the scrolls. It's only the Kree. So she probably helps the Kree win the war. And so and when we know in this film that she's going to meet Captain Marvel, a Kree undercover that's, you know, played by Jude Law. He's going to be a Kree undercover that's here on Earth. And that that's straight from the comic. So um I I think that uh I think I think that green suit is actually going to play part of her basically being kind of like a working with the Cree. I don't know. And then somehow in the end of the film, she's missing and has been since like the nineties and she's been wiped from the public record. And there, I had my theory that she's been trapped in the quantum realm and it's either going to be Nick Fury is going to help the Avengers find her or Janet Van Dyne played by Michelle Pfeiffer, um, in the Ant-Man film. She's going to talk about how she met a hero, a superhero in the quantum realm or something. And that's going to play a part in, um, in Ant-Man and in the post credit scene or something like that. But is, is there any chance that we see any of the guardians show up in this film? I'm just asking. I'm curious. Uh, I would, I mean, there's not a 0% chance, but I, I, I think a very low chance. Yeah, like below below ten percent. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. James Gunn confirmed that Rocket's gun that he uses is of Cree origin, Cree technology. So I'm I'm just throwing that out there. So. So you think that we might get to see? I don't know. Little Rocket. Maybe. Not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. James Gunn did confirm that Rocket's gun is Cree tech. It's it's a Cree origin, Cree design, Cree tech, one of those, and that's all I'm saying. I don't. Um, did they get in the comics on to how Rocket was like or where he was created? Because could it be a thing where uh, he's like being created where this is so far in the past? Correct me if I'm like. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jake, but Rocket just comes from a planet of creatures that look like raccoons, and they're not raccoons in the comics. Yeah, I believe that's the case. Yeah. Okay, so in the movies, it's different than... In the movies, we don't know. We we know that he was experimented on. Yeah, yeah. So I'm saying, like, maybe we see him being formed, more or less, like, experimented on, and that somehow, like relates into this movie at some point and that's how the gun ends up I don't in know the place he is and then he freaks out I, I, I I'm not leaning one way or the other I'm basically just like throwing information out there and letting you guys let me know what you think you know it's I I have no clue if we're gonna see rocket in this movie like I think it would be cool to see my personal opinion is to not see rocket in this movie I would rather Agreed. see I would if we have to see a guardian I would I would rather see Yandu with a young Peter Quill in this yeah, that'd movie. Be cool. So, are we going to see that? Probably not. You know, I don't. I think that James Gunn wants to save that for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. We've always seen him go in the past with like the beginning of each of these films. Like the first film, it was like you know we saw a young Peter Quill being abducted by you know Yandu and the Ravagers. In the second film, we went into the past and we saw a young you know Kurt Russell as Ego. You know. Uh, throwing mad, you know, mystery game, throwing some negs at, uh, you know, Peter Quill's, <laughs> Peter Quill's mom, you know? 
So, uh, you know, that's, that's what we saw there. So I don't know if we're going to get any Guardians tie-ins other than Korath, the Pursuer, and Ronin. I think that- Can that, we see, like, Stallone in it, maybe? Ah, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. I would say no. I would say yeah. no. I would say that our, I would say that this will kind of feel like a Guardians prequel. But it's not a Guardians prequel. It, it'll feel like a Guardians prequel, though, because we get Ronan and we get Korath in it. I, I, <clears throat> right, Jake? I mean, I feel like if you throw in, like, even Rocket or Yandu or Peter Quill, it's just too much. Yeah, you're taking away from what you're there doing in the first place. Yeah. So maybe yeah. if it's a very subtle Easter egg, that could be done tactfully. But, but. I think if, if it's the 90s, you, and it's the Kree Scroll War. You have to throw in Ronan. You have to. You don't have to throw in Rocket. You don't have to throw in Yondu, right? I agree with that logic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's and it's cool that we're going to see a little bit more Ronan and see yeah. what made him become kind of the terrorist he became. All right, let's move on into DC news. We just got a little bit this week. Last night. Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC News. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. All right, you fucking pieces of shit. Uh, Wonder Woman. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That caught me by surprise. (laughs) It's part of the bumper, you know? Yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman 2 casting news per variety. Uh, Director Patty Jenkins is bringing on Pedro Pascal. For a key role in Wonder Woman sequel starring Gal Gadot, uh, Narco Star is on board for the follow-up to 2017's hit, joining Kristen Wiig, who was tapped for the villain role of Cheetah. The film would mark the second time Pascal and Jenkins have worked together, having previously teamed up on the TV movie Exposed. Friday first reported that Jenkins would be returning to write, direct, and produce the pick, following the news that the studio has slated the movie for November 1st, 2019. Finding this pivotal role became a top priority. Plot details are still being kept under wraps, as is the character Pascal will be playing. So, uh, any guesses as to who? Are you guys familiar with Pedro Pascal? I mean... Yeah, he's the Viper from Game of Thrones. Exactly. And he was also in the second Kingsman movie. Um, and then he's, you know, the lead in Narcos. Um, which I have yet to watch. But, um... Uh, any guesses as to who he could be playing? Mm, no. Um, I would assume probably some kind of villain role. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm drawing a blank. Dan, James? Nope, uh, not a clue. No, yeah, I have no. no idea. Guys, I was trying to tell you that he's playing a character named Dan James. Oh, okay. mm. <laughs> oh, that guy. That's my guess. Mm. Okay. He's playing Dan. That James. character's not a fan of Bill and Ted. No, he's not. No. <laughs> he's always like, "Fuck Bill and Ted." I was three years old. Blah blah blah. You know. Well, <laughs> if this movie takes place when we think it's going to, it's it's long before Bill and Ted, so we're good. I the 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 rumors that I've been hearing is that he could be playing Sebastian Ballesteros, which is the male version of Cheetah. Really? That's what I've been hearing. I was also thinking, like, he is, I was looking at, like, his heritage, and he's like, uh, oh my god, what is he? Is he Moroccan? I don't, Jesus Christ. Like a Spaniard or something? I don't know. 
Yeah, listen to us. We sound like uh, he's from Chile. Yep. He's Chilean. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> thank you. He's Chilean. Um, the actor from uh, I was thinking that maybe he was a descendant of that of the actor. What was the fucking guy's name? Ah, Jesus. What was his name? Wonder Woman. I typed in Wonder Women. Now I'm looking at a bunch of pornos. <laughs> pause the pause the show. Yeah, I gotta. Yeah, here we go. Oh come on! I gotta be IMDb. Why you gotta be silly? Um, no, remember the guy that played Samir the in Wonder, the first Wonder Woman. In Wonder Dan, you, you don't you can excuse yourself from this conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. Goodbye. <laughs> Dan did not like Wonder Woman, guys. All right, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was one of the, like, well, one of the in the group of guys, right? Yeah, one of the sniper, but who? Yeah, he was yeah. one of the, yeah, he was yeah. one of the guys that joined him on the mission, and and yeah. he played Samir. And uh, I was thinking, like, maybe he was like a descendant of Samir, but Samir is like Moroccan, so it's like I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to be that white guy that says like, oh, well, he can just, you know, he can, you know. The Chilean can play like the Moroccan descendant, but you know, I don't want to be that guy, but I kind of am. So. I think you should be the next villain in Wonder Woman. Yeah. <laughs> you do a better job than Aries, I'm sure. Ooh. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Uh, did you just call me Arian or do you call me Aries? <laughs> Aries. Alright. I was like, that's fucked up, Dan. That is fucked up. Anyway, I just say what I think and it's, fu- I shouldn't do that. Anyway. Oh, but, it comes out of gold sometimes. Uh, sometimes, not this time. <laughs> I've, oh, no, I've, I've been, I've been wondering why listenership is going down. So <laughs> <laughs> the racism, bro. No, I am, I am not racist. Uh, said every racist. Um, let's see. Here. <laughs> Guys, uh, let's just, let's move it. Let's move into Star Wars news. <laughs> Guys, let's talk about my favorite character, Lando Calrissian. Um, that was another like that's trying to get me off like the racist shit. All right, guys, now let's 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 move into Star Wars news. What am I saying? You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. Not true. All right, real quick. Uh, let's see here. So how different is uh, Solo going to be now that Ron Howard has taken over for Lord Miller, according to an unnamed actor who spoke to Vulture? Wow, that's uh, that's promising. Unnamed. <laughs> according to according to this, uh, who knows? Spoke to spoke to Vulture, maybe the media outlet or a Vulture, the actual bird. We don't know. It could be just a, <laughs> a random person talking to, uh, to, to fucking fowl. We don't know. Anyway, uh, the script, <laughs> the script didn't change. Quote, it's exactly the same script. They're filming exactly the same things. There's nothing new. Lord and Miller used whole sets, but Ron is just using parts from those sets. I guess they're not shooting wide angle, maybe to save money. So, uh, they're using the exact same script. So people, 
people are going to be talking about like, uh, I wonder how different this uh, Lord Miller movie is going to be. And they're trying to say, oh, it's not going to be unnamed actor that talked to Vulture said, hey, it ain't that much different. Same same script. Nothing's changed. Yeah, that's BS because we know that they were doing so much like probably ad-libbing on set, too. Mm hmm. I agree with you, Jake. I think that's uh, that's kind of like the uh, set environment that Lord Miller had with uh, with not just this movie, but probably with all their movies, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, he could be telling the truth that it is 100% the exact same script. But they weren't following but, it. Yeah, exactly. It was just basically a, a blueprint to yeah. get to point A to point B, yeah. and they were just kind of clowning along the way. And that's why you know, Lawrence. That's, that, that's drove why Kathleen nuts. No, that's what that's what drove Lawrence Kasdan nuts. That's my yeah. script. You guys aren't following my script, you know. And he's like all acting like a fucking hall monitor. Like, no, that's another great point too. Yeah. I mean, obviously, why are they not going to use the exact same final Lawrence Kasdan script? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Laura Dern uh, reveals to Entertainment Weekly that Admiral Holdo was force sensitive. And uh, I want to ask uh, her, why? Why would you do that? <laughs> right? I mean, who gives a flying fuck at this point? You know? She's fucking, she's dead. Spoilers. She's how, how does she know that? Does she get told that? Does she say why she knows that? Here's a quote. In their minds and in their understanding of the origin story, we know that she was a true rebel in the resistance. And in our culture, we might have called her a hippie. But she was longing for peace and a revolutionary in that way and wanted to be trained by and led by Leia, who taught her everything she knew. She wanted to come up in the ranks to support Leia's mission, but also had this otherworldly side that does involve the Force. So she just said it. She just said <laughs> it. She didn't, she yeah. didn't get told by anyone. She didn't no. get told by Ryan Johnson. Yeah, exactly. It's it's basically it's basically like the Harry Potter books come out, and then J.K. Rowling's like, "Oh, guess what? Dumbledore's gay." And then Thor Ragnarok comes out, and then Tessa Thompson says, "Oh, Valkyrie's bisexual." And then, well, fuck, Holdo is gay, and we never saw that in the movie. This is another thing where it's like another uh, – it's another part of a character that we never even saw in the fucking film. Like we don't even know if Maz Kanata's force sensitive. We don't even know if Maz Kanata fucked Chewbacca. Like she kind of talks like she did. <laughs> we don't know. She might have fucking taken Wookiee cock. We don't know. She might have fucked – she ate, it sounded like – no, in the last movie, it sounded like she fucked Justin Thoreau's character with the red plum bloom. Right? Yeah. Yes, she did. Oh, uh, she's like she's talking about how he's good at all these different things, and then she alludes to the fact that he's good at pretty pretty good at fucking too. Like, <laughs> like he's he's no fucking Chuck Woolery in bed, right, Jake? <laughs> Do we oh, lose Jake? Yes. You still there, man? Oh Jake's fuck! Gone yeah, we lost for a Jake. Break. All right, it's fine. We're done with Star Wars news. We'll get him back for for the uh, other thing, but. Uh, <laughs> That's, that's that's all I got, Jake. What the fuck? I'm <laughs> back. <laughs> Welcome back. Hey, I was trying to talk that whole time. I don't know what was happening. <laughs> I was like, man, why are they not uh, like recognizing that I, I have a pretty good point here? 
What's your you all about Chuck Woolery? What's your, what's your point, man? I was just going to say that I, I agree with Dan. She's just kind of saying it. And I mean, I think the examples you brought up are great. But even in those examples, there's at least like some substance in the material that yeah. can sort of back those things up. Like, yeah. There's just nothing here. There's not. How like, do we? You know, J.K. Yes. Rowling says Dumbledore's game. We're like, ah, okay, that explains the Grindelwald thing, and blah 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 blah. But what does this explain? Right. Yeah. Like when? Did, when did we see this? When did? Or we what see does it matter? Yeah. What now? does it matter now? Like, are, are you just like okay? So, are, okay, are they going to use this in future comic books? Or novels. Oh God, I can't wait for that Holdo miniseries, right? Dude, you'd be su- <laughs> you would be fucking surprised at like how many people are just like got a hard on for Holdo. Yeah, I like Holdo. Okay, I like Holdo but I too. Need, I don't need more. Uh, I don't got a hard on for Holdo. You know what I mean? It wouldn't help. <laughs> it wouldn't help me hard if I did. She wouldn't do anything with it anyway. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 Brian, you're wow. pointing out the fact that she's a lesbian. How dare you? Oh, fuck off. <laughs> I'm telling you that she wouldn't do anything with my penis if it was hard. <laughs> Get her drunk enough, maybe. You never know. She might experiment. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I want to, th- I want to thank all the female listeners that have stuck with us so far. <laughs> so long. Yeah, like, this is our worst episode. Two, we yeah, apologize. 227 episodes in and like we've lost you. It's, but, uh, it's been nice. <laughs> it's been nice having you when we did. Um, it was yeah. a self-fulfilling pro- prophecy. We just all became man pigs this episode. <laughs> it's, like, it's crazy. You know, I'm like, this is the, <laughs> dude, I blame me. Um, <laughs> Uh, Jake, this is episode two two seven. This is I gotta play the I gotta play the two two seven theme music at the beginning of this one. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Oh, if you yeah. got to, I got to. Yeah, all right. That's all I got for Star Wars news, guys. That's it. We're done. How about that? Is that good? Yeah, I'm, I'm out. We're done. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Fuck you guys. I'm done talking to you, you fuckers. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, hey, uh, let's see here. Uh, we No new show next week. We're going to C2E2. Uh, James, I want you to be able to tell people where they can catch more of you. Um... Well, I do a Bill and Ted pot. No, I'm just. I joking. knew. I knew. <laughs> I knew it. You uh, son of a bitch! Uh, what a swerve! Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's the uh, worst Bill and Ted podcast you ever <laughs> listened to. There is zero passion behind it. It's like it's like watching Chuck Woolery fuck. It's terrible. <laughs> it's mostly just like breathing sound. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> All right. Uh, I wish yeah. you know, like Bill and Ted. I wish I could go back in time to the beginning of this episode and not have you on. How about that, James? Uh, yeah. <laughs> does that hurt? Um, no. Does that hurt a little bit? Because I don't mean it. I just say it, but I don't mean it. But I like. I want to know if it hurt. No, <laughs> I, I don't take anything you say seriously. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> no. I've li- I li- I've listened to enough of the show to realize. That. All right, that's good. That's good. Let's see. That's the thing. Sometimes people. Oh, my- Ooh, he said something mean to me. You know, it's like mm. I've been doing this for fucking five years. I've been mean for five years. Just because you're on, it ain't gonna stop. All right. It- so oh, James, I'll show you my scars when we meet in person. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, James, where can people get more of uh, James Hop? 
Yeah, so I do a podcast called Rock with Hop, and that's uh, with two Ps. Um, and it's basically I invite guests on, and we talk about their favorite rock band and then other rock, you know, musics and, and stuff that, you know, has influenced them over the years or if they've played in bands and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, we have a I have a Facebook page and Instagram and Twitter and all that. Um and yeah, you can find the episodes basically everywhere podcasts are available. There you go. There you go. Uh listen and subscribe. Give uh give James a shot and uh listen to Rock with Hop. He's a good guy and uh appreciate you being on. All right guys, uh we will be back in two fucking weeks to talk about whatever the fuck is new and all this bullshit that we talk about. <laughs> 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 you, uh, I'm a guy that just doesn't care anymore. All right. <laughs> oh, fuck my life. We'll see you then later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, take it, do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said Leftovers sure Only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carryover, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. sure only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers.